0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump, right? In today's episode, we answered live callers' questions, but this was after a 55-minute introductory conversation. So where we talk about fitness, current events, our lives, studies, and much more. Check the show notes for timestamps so you can fast forward to your favorite part or just listen to the whole thing like most people do. Also, if you want to be on an episode like this one live, email your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. Now, this episode is brought to you by some sponsors. The first one is ButcherBox. This company delivers high-grade meat to your door, grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, to your door for great prices. And right now, if you sign up, you get $10 off the box, plus pork tenderloin, ground turkey, and top sirloin steaks for free. Pretty cool, right? Go to butcherbox.com. Forward slash mind pump for that deal. This episode is also brought to you by Juve. This is the world's best red light therapy for home use. So th- do things like improve the look of your skin, improve its elasticity, reduce wrinkles, grow back hair, improve or increase muscle recovery, all proven by studies with red light therapy. Go check them out. Go to juve.com. That's J O O V V.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump and get $50 off your first purchase. Also, this month, we've created three workout program bundles. Each one of them gives you up to nine months of planned workouts. All of them are at least $300 off. The three bundles are the new to weightlifting bundle, the body transformation bundle, and the extreme intensity bundle. All of them you can find at mapsjanuary.com. All right, here comes the show. All right, check this out. Some fitness influencers tell you to change up your workouts all the time because novelty uh, gets your body to progress again. Other fitness influencers tell you to stick to a routine so you can get good at it, get strong, build more muscle. Here's the thing. They're both right. Here's the other thing. They're both also wrong. So here's how it works. When you first start training your body, the initial adaptations are from the central nervous system. Once the CNS adapts to the point where you're really stressing the muscle, then you see the adaptations in muscle. So you got to stick to a program long enough to get past that point. Start focusing on building the muscle, and then switch programs so you can take advantage of novelty.
1: I feel like when you give tips like that, it's like um, our strategy is to let you know how confusing it is out there, and we're going to confuse you the more.
2: <laughs> well, good
0: thing we have a podcast. <laughs> we can a big about confusing mom. Yeah, it's make yeah. sure you follow it. us. You know when they when out. they they actually have done studies on this, and they show that um, when people exercise, the initial adaptations, the strength yep. gains people get, are all central nervous system. It's all through the CNS, organizing itself better, putting out more output, improving form and technique. So someone then gets stronger from that. Then from there, then you start to see the muscular adaptations. So this is why you wanna stick to a routine long enough to take advantage of that but then, of course, past a certain point, the muscles start to slow down their adaptation. Well,
3: we felt felt the newbie gains. Yes. you know that's just that's a real thing. And to you know <laughs> venture into a new type of uh, skill or something, an adaptation that's like something you haven't done for a long time and pursued, like you're going to get that initial momentum there. But you know, like some people get addicted to that, and so want to jump ship right away and not necessarily do what you're saying is get good at it and be able to measure the results.
0: Yes, and this is why there's some exercises that you want in your routine most of the time and other exercises, it doesn't make that big of a difference to switch all the time. Like if you're doing a bunch of machine exercises and usually machines fall into this category because they require less coordination and CNS adaptation from that standpoint, when you're doing like machine curls, machine preacher, curl, machine cable, curl, whatever, it doesn't make a big difference to switch them around. Right. But if you're doing like a squat, Or a deadlift, or like something really complex, like a clean. You want to stick to it long enough to learn the technique to get to the point where then you can stress the body and the muscles enough to get that those muscular gains that you're looking for. So that's why it's so confusing for people because you have like powerlifting coaches and strength coaches who are like, no, here's your routine. It's like the same exercises all the time, and they'll modify reps and rest periods and stuff like that. Then you've got other people like, no, change the workout all the time because of the novelty effect. Like they're both they're both right. You just want to understand kind of how they're both right. So you can modify your routine the right well, way. Well,
3: I've, I've heard Adam talk about this a lot too. And I've noticed the same thing is, um, when, uh, there was this, this movement towards like the muscle confusion and, and the changing up almost every exercise within the workout. So it was like, you, you're trying to stress the body in, in different ways, like constantly like all the time and they're thinking that that's progressing you forward when in fact it's like that became its own form of adaptation that your body is just like okay uh i'm just going to react to what you're presenting me and you're pretty much in that maintenance phase for a long period of time
1: yeah so i think there's some value. like when i when i think back to that time uh, that period of my life where i was training this way um i was in really good strength and I, i i would say that like i was doing a really good job of like kind of hitting a little bit of everything. I had my athletic training, I had my, my, my hypertrophy training, I had strength training, and I kind of like yeah. smashed it all together. And so I would say that, you know, if you're somebody who is already in really good shape and you're not really trying to progress or maybe, you know, change your body composition that much, it's not a bad way to train. But if you're really trying to make progress and I think measure that progress and consistently make progress, I think that's where it got me was like, you know, I didn't know what was working better than other things. I felt like I was in somewhat of a plateau for a very long time. And so that's the drawback of constantly, you know, mixing it up. I really think that because that both camps are right and both camps are wrong, it's really created this like you're kind of either one or the other.
0: Which is wrong, right? Right,
1: right. You're either the you're you're either the guy who mixes up every workout like I was, or you're the person that like sticks to these main exercises all the time. Or yeah, you, you know, so you used you, you used the example of um like the strength community, like power lifters and stuff like that, I'd say there's that's a, a a newbie, and especially a lot of my female clients fell into that trap of like they have their little routine that they like. Yeah, there's, because they don't they, really
0: know much. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah and they yeah, do their yeah.
1: same weights, and it's just yeah. like that. So you really seem to be – you tend to be one or the other, unless you understand programming. The people that understand programming and do a good job. And then I also think that there's a um, a range. Like I know we write – most all of our programs tend to phase – and change things up every Mm -hmm. three to four weeks. I would extend that to six, right? I would say anywhere in the three to six week range is probably when it's most necessary to. Now, obviously the reason why we do it is to keep you ahead of the plateau. And every week you continue to stretch that, the more likely you are to hit a plateau. The thinking, the logic behind why we do that is to keep it keep keep it the same long enough to give the body some time to adapt and and progress, but then change it up quick enough that it doesn't get stuck in you plateau. Yeah.
0: So, you know, I, I want to comment on this too, because y- you did train like this when you were competing, but you also had so much experience that you could jump into most exercises, and right away be able to really target the muscle. And it yeah. wasn't a, it, it was it, you could pick up the skill very quickly for most exercises. Yeah. So I think right. if you're really advanced, you probably can get away with changing it up much more often because you've got the skill, you've got the coordination. Yeah, that's a good point. You yeah. know what it should feel like.
3: Foundation to work with, right?
0: But even with some exercises, though, that might not be true. Like, like there was a period where you just deadlifted, and you hadn't deadlifted for a long time, so it was this new exercise. And there was this period of like CNS adaptation you had to go through, and then you saw like these crazy muscle gains. Some exercises lend themselves better to being consistent with them, like deadlifts, squats, overhead presses. Well, I imagine
1: other. that anything that falls in the category of uh, you know the skill, right, high skill acquisition, right. Yeah. If it's something that takes a while to get good at it, you would think that that's going to drag out the the novelty curve. Yep. Versus something that very good can, way to say that you could get into it and instantly get in the groove and figure it out. Well, the, the novelty curve on that's gonna be much shorter because the body's already figured it out. It's like, oh, this is familiar. This is easy. It doesn't take a lot of brain power to to stabilize this and figure it all out totally. versus which is why I think you know you can consistently squat for you know week in, week out, years in, years out, and still see great progress in it because of how difficult the movement is and how long it takes just to get good. Uh, Just the 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 movement of the squat.
0: Hundred percent. I think at that point too, when you're really good, adding novelty is more about preventing uh, like stress related injury. You know, like squatting is a a great exercise, but it is somewhat limited by itself. It's one plane of you know movement. It's bilateral, and if you only ever do that, at some point you start to notice aches and pains and joint problems, especially as you get real strong. So right there, novelty is more of a, like, injury prevention and maintaining. Build your-
3: up and reinforce the system yeah. in terms of, like, the, sh- the stability, I think. Yeah. And there's so many variations of the squat, too, to that point to where it's like you can – it's such a fundamental movement. You can keep uh, consistently adding it in and just add one little uh, variation to it and get a whole different
0: result. Totally. Hey, have you guys ever had – I made something so good over the weekend, and I'm not – you guys know this. I'm not, like, the greatest cook in the world. I'm very basic, but – I made, you ever eat schnitzel? Do you know what that is? Schnitzel? No, like, schnitzel. A, like a hot dog? Like no. <laughs> yeah. Not, not uh, waiter, German uh, <laughs> sausage or what? No, so I got the butcher box pork chops, which are so good, okay? They're, they're, I've talked about this before. I'm not a fan of pork until I had their heritage pork chops. It tastes different. They're so good. They're really thick, though. They come in like this. Yeah. So I cut them in half so that they're thin, and I pound them down a little bit, and then I get like egg, I, I, pick a few eggs and I beat them and then I dip it in an egg and then I do seasoned breadcrumbs and I just got breadcrumbs with salt. That's a schnitzel? Garlic powder, um, parsley, like a few other things, right? And I bread it and then I like shallow fry it in olive oil in the cast iron. Oh my God. With that mashed sounds, potatoes. That sounds amazing. Sh- yeah. So that's, good.
1: That's, that's what a schnitzel is? That's, mm, a, that's a schnitzel. It's, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah it's, I was
3: thinking it had some sauerkraut. and You know well, that's why you I, could I, add that, I
4: suppose. But a schnitzel, yeah, it's like a, a pork cutlet or it could be veal. Yes. cutlet, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or chicken. I've seen chicken schnitzel as well. Yeah, uh,
3: so, so good. Oh, that heritage pork is so tasty, too. So I imagine that was
1: And it was delicious. a fast cook. Yeah. Like,
0: I made it real so quick. Egg,
1: bre- so use, egg. Would like, you use like a Planko breadcrumb or what did you Just use? regular. Ponko. You, you could go. What is it?
4: It's Panko. Panko.
0: Yeah, you could do Panko. Isn't Planko a game on that? <laughs> Wasn't that? Wait, hold on. that? A game really? on TV when you were sick, home from uh, from you were at home from school, and it was like it just they dropped it like the thing falls down. down those like pegs What was that to get to pachinko. like No, it was Planko, and it wasn't Wheel of Fortune. It was The Price is Right, I think. Mm. Was the other one. anyway? Uh, Italian seasoned breadcrumbs, and then I add a little bit more of my seasoning and salt, and you just bread them. And I got the cast iron. I put little, you know, just enough olive oil to kind of fry it a little bit.
1: Uh-huh. On, oh. if you're listening, I want to try that. Oh this man, so
0: good! And you eat it with mashed potatoes. Oh schnitzel for schizel. Yeah. So, so we used
1: to do those. that with our 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 chicken to dress that up a little bit. I used What Would you say penko, pen, panko? Panko. <laughs> panko. I, I remember know. Doug
0: lived in Japan yeah, for no, years. So I say, it, <laughs> I say it all right. Is it Japanese so. breadcrumbs? Is that what it is? It is. Yeah.
1: So it means bread. Pawn okay. is bread, and they're depends. really like if you just do it lightly too. It's as far as the calories and carbohydrates and stuff like that. It's yeah. very minimal. I just it was one of those things. You know, you look at it and it looks like it's fried, and so you in your head you go like, oh, that's like a deep fry. That's not going to be very healthy. But I, I used I used to do that when I was competing because I was eating so much chicken. I was always trying to find creative ways to do that. And one oh, of I wasn't
0: looking to, at calories. I breaded the crap out of it. Man. No, I this was me covered it. And then that's fried why. It. That's
1: why I know it's like. By the way, it's not that bad. At least yeah. not the the. I say can't say it. Whatever it is, <laughs> punko, I've been saying Pull it wrong up. for so long that Pull it's punko, 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 So <laughs> Panko, no, Panko. The, the macros on it are, are relatively friendly. It's not. It's not bad at all. And if you do it lightly and you don't go crazy on it, it's it, it keeps the calories still pretty low. So it's a, a, Bro, you a great way to dress up a, 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 a you know chicken dish. That's
0: plain. you guys would have loved it. You guys would have totally loved it. Anyway, totally. I read a statistic this weekend. I immediately thought of you, Adam, because I mm. know for a fact. You're gonna think this is total bullshit. To okay. Arguing okay. Yes. okay. So, have you heard this? Okay, have you heard this before, where someone says, "Would you rather take a million dollars today?" Oh God, or we, get had, a, or we just, had
1: this argument this weekend about the the because it was a billion dollars. No, somebody. not that. Not oh, that. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. It was
0: it? Was somebody won? By the way, yeah, like one What? One point three billion. Somebody finally won. Yeah. yeah,
3: it was an agent,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works for the government. No, I was uh. So,
0: so I, I don't know if you've heard this before. It's like, yeah, would yeah. you rather have a million dollars today? Or a penny today, and every day the total doubles for 30 days. Have you heard this before? Uh-uh. And if uh, you do the math- It would be double the penny. The penny yeah, today, yeah. one cent, tomorrow, two cents, tomorrow, four cents. It doubles. Turns out to be way more money than the million dollars. And basically, it's illustrating like how, interest, yeah, like how quickly things compound. Yeah. I read something this weekend that blew my mind. Okay. If you take a piece of paper, so you know how thin a piece of paper is? And you fold it in half, hundred and three times. That's it. So half, 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 hundred and three times, it'll it'll go the entire width of the universe. What? Yes. What are you talking about? I just learned this this weekend from some. If physicist. you fold a piece of paper in half, in half, so doubles in size, half, half, half hundred and three times, it'll be the, the it'll be the length of the known universe that we know. <laughs> No way! No I'm like, telling you, dude. I have the video. I would. Argue I have this. That. There's a physicist explaining. You don't you mean the whole fold. Thing.
1: You mean double the piece of paper. Yes.
0: So it's fold in half each time, in half, in half. Right. So each time it it doubles in size. Tell me that's not the craziest this thing. Is this some that weird in size like that would shrink riddle? In size, no, 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 no. Real. If you
4: stack it up, I mean, if you take a piece of paper and fold it, it gets thicker, but it gets smaller. Right.
0: Yeah. If you this fold... Some kind of I don't know how,
3: fold, I don't know how fold you would fold of paper that you, many times. You wouldn't be able to. Yeah, guess, impossible. exactly. This is like the number pi. It just keeps going.
0: Yeah, so here's another one. If you fold up the same piece of paper 42 times, just 42 times, you go to the moon with that with that length. How crazy is that?
1: You know what? what it's funny you're bringing up stuff like this because... It blew my mind. I think you've yeah. shared this it on the show before, sense. but it's still... Blows my mind to do the the math on the difference between a million, a billion, and a trillion mm. with oh, the yeah. seconds. I know. Oh, so a a million seconds is eleven days. Yeah. Right. And then a a billion seconds is thirty one years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a trillion seconds is like thirty one thousand or thirty two thousand six hundred yeah. years. Yeah. Like so, put that in wait, dollars. So forget seconds. Wait,
0: how much does government it's, spend every year? By the way. So yeah, but that's how, really? that's how, how we, are we even spending my buddy trillions? and I were talking about, it like, he was talking about what he would do with
1: the lotto is what started this conversation. Oh, that's the worst about game about a, to play by the a, way. billion dollars yeah. or that. I'm like, dude, you can't even fathom a billion. He's like, what are you talking about? And was like, I was like, <laughs> and I gave <laughs> him that. a few islands. I gave him that like to try and guess, like you give someone like, Hey, a million seconds is 11 days. So what do you think a billion is? Like everybody's like, Oh, probably 30 days or what like uh, that? Or maybe one year,
0: 31 years. Yeah.
1: 31 years. And then when you do the trillion, people were like, so off. I think that's so fascinating like how much money that is if you have a billion or a trillion dollars this
0: is why so right now unfathomable because you know the the propaganda machine right now is trying to take down elon it's pretty obvious right they he just want and they're making this big deal about it in the media that, that elon just got Like, he lost the most wealth of of all of history. I guess he's first place in the world. Guinness Book of World Record. Because the stock went down. (laughs) Yeah, but he's still a billionaire. Like, he's still so... Like, he lost more money than anybody's ever lost. He still has more money than anybody else. Dude,
1: speaking of losing money. So, there was a a game, the Chargers versus the Jags this weekend. Uh, The Chargers are up 27 to nothing at halftime. So, you can, at halftime, you can bet on the way the game's going and stuff like that. So, of course... Twenty-seven, nothing. That there's like a handful of comebacks in the NFL worth the other. That's teams pretty won. rare. Yeah. yeah so the odds that team is going to win extremely high. And I've done this before. Like I've I've gambled on on Mayweather before, where I had to put a ton of money up just to win a little bit. But you're like, dude, the odds of this are extremely high. Mm-hmm. So this dude bets one point four million dollars just to win eleven thousand dollars. So one point four million dollars on the Chargers, knowing they're,
0: that they're going to win. Yeah, so he like, thinks ahead. it's like a, a sealed well, deal, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like ninety. Like I so, think, it's eleven grand free, basically, is what he's thinking.
1: Yes, exactly. Is it just by transferring over there, I'm going to get that for sure. It's like a 98 percent chance. I don't know what the percentage was exactly breakdown, but it's very very high, right? They fucking lost.
2: Oh,
1: dude, He lost a million dollars. One
0: point four million. How many, now, okay, so what are the odds if, let's say you The other way you, around, yeah. Well, the other way around, you put $11,000, you would have made
1: 1.4 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, wow. if you put your 1.4 down, you would have, <laughs> you would have won it. Hey, like. there's
3: been some crazy games. I'm happy with the Niners, dude. We're taking it this year. Yeah, I'm, it's
1: I'm been. It right football's now. been fun to watch right now. It's, it's some great games. Yeah, I, so
0: why, why, why is everybody talking about so the Niners doing well? Is
3: Purdy, yeah, uh, he's Mr. Irrelevant, like, you know, came in third
1: string. Do you and, know what that is, Sal? What? Mr. Irrelevant? No. Okay. So Mr. Irrelevant is a nickname for the very last person drafted in the draft. Yeah. So he's like like number two hundred like, and something, right? Yeah. So the last he's round. Insignificant, he, like, yeah, he just he just happened to be there. Basically. So and, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and exactly. <laughs> well, and so you know this. Okay. So when you look in history, I don't know if you know this, Justin. If you look up in history, like, you know, who were the most, you know, prominent, like Mr. Irrelevant, like what uh-huh. happened? What, what did they did they ever get? What are the like it's a guy who got to like play in a game. Or he got he one yeah. one Mister Irrelevant started wow. for one game seriously no like none, none of them started bro that is the most the most wow. prominent Mister Irrelevant before Pur- Purdy or Purdy however you say his last name uh-huh. before him was like getting to start are nobody you've ever heard of. That's, they, that's why they got the nickname, Mr. Relevant is because nobody's ever I mean, done anything from that position.
3: He was a four-year starter in college, so, I mean, I it, him having that kind of experience definitely plays so so this but so Brock
1: this, Purdy's the best Mr. Relevant of all so time. So is he kicking yeah. ass? What's
0: going on? Oh, he's Yeah, yeah he's, he's a winning. stud. He's so composed
4: out there. Look at So there's a kicker named Ryan. That's S- That was the one before. The one before, yeah. Suck up. Yeah, what a suck. Look
1: at yeah. He's the most decorated, because what, what did he get to do? He got to play. He get to. Uh, he was a kicker. And he got to, I think I wow. think he went to like uh, maybe like a one. Wow, I did not know that. That's even more awesome. That's what's wild. So yeah. he's already, I mean, his, and his first, they had a playoff game this Who's weekend. He,
3: cool. I heard even, yeah, he might've even broken a few records of
1: like uh Montana Highest, most, and most, and most touchdowns three. by a rookie in a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he's already, yeah, no, he's sick. So yeah, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm, just I'm pumped like his total anti-Niner guy, but I am somewhat rooting for you guys right now. It's just a great story. If that's such a cool story to see to see him
0: playing. Okay, that well. so I got something for you, you guys in your sports. So I used <laughs> you to got watch, started, bro. I used to watch uh, NFL films as a kid. There was a second there where I was into, into football. One of the greatest kickers of all time, Tom Dempsey. Do you guys know who that was? Okay, no. He was the guy. I think he played. Oh, for the, the foot, the shoeless. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. he had half a foot. Uh, half a foot. That's what he, he had, means. like a yeah, club yeah, yeah. foot. Okay. You guys ever hear about this guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. I think he played for the Packers, and at one point had the farthest uh, kick, the farthest. Well, yeah, it's like, like a like like a nub, dude. Like a. He had
1: a weird shoe. did you see this guy? Wait, is is this the one they called Shoeless Joe? No, so there's Shoeless Joe, and then there's that's who I originally did somebody saw? kick without a shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's cool stuff like Dempsey.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. He had half a foot. And he ended up becoming one of the greatest yeah, kickers. Yeah, because like a club, wow. though. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, but just, still, that's amazing. Because kicker
1: kicks with the shoelaces, right? So he hits the top right there. Yeah, the top. Which player, nothing, but, look at his
0: shoe. Yeah, yeah. And he was wow. one of the greatest kickers wow. of all time. That's it's like a, a sledgehammer, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> that's like somewhat of an advantage. Yeah, but talk it was, about what it is. So I, I was just thinking about it. This. Don't ask me why I think about random shit. But I was just thinking about this. I'm like, what a story. He's born with a club foot. Yeah, the last thing on earth anybody will ever tell you with a club foot is you're going to become a champion a kicker. kicker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And well, what does he end up what doing? A stud. He yeah. plays for the NFL and yeah. becomes one of the most decorated kickers. Of that's all what all makes
1: time. sports so fun. Dude. Yeah,
0: sports. Well, that's always, life. That's overcoming. that's, that's, that's no, what that's, makes life I so, so amazing. Agree. I, you know? I absolutely agree. I love yeah, pointing yeah. stuff out to like that to my kids because uh, I, I think especially these days people are so there's this weird like you know I can't do anything with this or, yeah, or woes me. Yeah. yeah you know, type of deal. But then it's also combined with this, I could be whatever the hell I want, but I don't can't work for I don't have to work for it type of it's a weird mentality that you're seeing in the in the youth these days. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't be whatever you want. However, you can do a lot. You're just gonna have to bust your ass. A, work speaking your ass of off the, the youth.
1: Speaking of the youth, I believe that I, you know, uh, said this that we would see The generation coming up will start to- You did call this. Naturally start to titrate themselves and stuff like that. So you know what's becoming very trendy with Gen Z right now- I just saw this. Are flip phones.
0: Like ninety style. Yep, 90s style style. flip phones-
1: And Dude, to to tit- tit- titrate hope. their social media use and being addicted to the phone of that, so it's becoming like a yep. cool thing to actually. And sure as shit, you watch a couple cool kids pick up a trend like that, and they start and it'll change the way these kids use their phones and stuff. And so. they're cheap phones you buy them
0: at Walmart. Yeah. and they're calling them like Matrix style phones. Remember the Matrix with like and the yeah. bottom comes out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I love the flip phone. By the way, so did I. I, I, Do you guys remember (laughs) texting though on those things? (laughs) Oh yeah, that part. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that's okay.
1: Such a cool, positive sign, right? We've highlighted a lot of the stuff that's like you know scary and negative and bad. I mean, it's this is this is the neat part about how fast information can travel like this is because here you have this new generation coming up that are becoming more and more aware of all the negative effects of social media right. and being on your phone all the time. And so it's slowly starting to fall out of favor. And then you're seeing a new generation come up of people being like, oh, hey, you know great. what? I'm not going to be on my phone all day. I'm yep. going to get a flip phone. Like so. Totally. I, I, was, I hope
0: that spreads, man. I so really do, I. do I. So along those lines, I was reading some, uh, some very interesting t- statistics this weekend in regards to divorce. So there's some good news. And that's that the divorce rate has been falling, slowly falling since the 1980s. So it kind of peaked there for a second. And now it's starting to come down. And so this got me down a rabbit hole of like, why is it falling? Like what's going on? Like, what's the deal? And I, again, I read some interesting stats. One of them, one of the theories is that the, one of the reasons why divorce rates got so high to begin with is that, that marriage, the idea of marriage shifted from this is my life partner we're gonna do life together and it's, we're gonna raise kids and work and it's gonna be hard and you know we're just gonna to stick together. Two, I'm gonna marry someone who's gonna fulfill me and bring me happiness all the time. And they said that that was a losing strategy because no person is gonna fulfill you and no person is gonna make you happy all the time. So that switch they think is one of the reasons why divorce rates started going through the, through the roof is that people thought, and I don't know this either, this is true now, 80% of divorces are initiated by women. Mm. Vast majority of which are not abused. A lot of people say, oh, it's physical abuse, stuff like that. It's not true. Most of them divorce their husbands because they're like, I'm unhappy. And they believe that being a single mom is gonna make them happier. And a lot of these articles I'm reading are like, it's false. They're not happier, and the kids are worse off. And then some along those lines, this is unpopular but true. That children with a present but not so great dad, now I'm going to cut out like abusive, like really abusive, shitty, you know, or drug addicts and stuff like that. But present but not so great dads, kids turn out better than not having a father at all. And so there's a lot of these divorces that are happening or that were happening because people, and in this case, like I said, a majority of them were, were women, believe He's not making me happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm gonna be happier if I leave him and my kids will be better off. It's like, interesting. No, Doug, it's not true. Whatsoever. Doug just
1: pulled the stat up and it says seventy percent. Um, but it says that also. So I read college,
0: so the 80% I got was from the CDC. So that's
1: so I so college educated American women too, who initiate the divorces even higher. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Because again, they that they're I don't belief, need a man. Say what? I don't need a man. I mean, that's like a it's, they're they're told I don't need a man, and they're told. But then again, they're also told when you're married that you're you'll be fulfilled, and happy, and in love, and this person doesn't do that for that you. The person's
3: responsibility to provide all
1: those things. Yes. I mean, I yeah. my so my personal experience, like you know, growing up and trying to understand marriage and love, like, and I, I think I my my personal belief is that it's less a man woman thing, and it's our 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 thoughts and beliefs around uh going into a marriage and a partnership and then also love so for the, for the longest time um i understood love differently than what i understand it today like so i think i i like many people were sold on the you know oh you fall in love you're going to meet someone you'll know you'll know you'll you'll know when you meet them and the feeling and, is everything yeah and oh, it's oh. this and it's this overwhelming feeling that nobody can describe it's the prince charming kind of you'll just know narrative. you'll know you'll know when it happens and so waiting for this moment of this overwhelming feeling for so long when in reality, it's a choice, it's an action, it's something that we choose to do. And really, when you think about partnering up with somebody for the rest of your life, probably a good idea to really weigh out all the things we have in common, we don't have in common. Do I, Could I see this person as a good teammate uh, in this journey in, in life? and then when i decide yes checks all the boxes we get along with this we see we are our, our morals and values are aligned like i just i see i see all they're growth minded all these they check all the boxes okay now i'm going to actively choose to love you for the rest of my life which mm. means it's through work. action yeah through work through yeah. effort towards continually to to try and you know nurture this relationship versus I have this crazy feeling that I just wanna be with you every moment. And I'm yeah. so infatuated with you and love you so much. This must be love. And you also and,
3: have a parachute anytime anything goes wrong. And like, I'm out of here. Yep. There's that thought, right? Yeah. Like, it's really, into- it's or really the
0: Or the belief that it's 50 50. It's not. Sometimes it's 70 30. Sometimes it's 80 20. Sometimes you're putting in way more work than the other person. I had a client yep. who was married to her husband. They had, they had celebrated their 60 year anniversary. So she was in her late 80s. And I would ask her questions about this all the time. I'm like, what's this like? And she, she was so wise and she, she communicated so honestly. And she goes, Sal, she goes, you go through periods where you don't like each other. Mm-hmm. You go through periods where you're doing all the work and they're not doing any of the work. And then it flips. You go through deaths. You go through the loss of jobs. You go through illnesses. She goes, if you think you're going to be happy that entire time, she goes, you're crazy. It's impossible. She goes, that's not how it works. She goes, but every time you go through these challenges, every time you go through these seasons, which can last years, she's like, you can go years and have challenges with your spouse. And then you come out of it, she goes, and you're stronger. She goes, and boy, she goes, there were times when we were so close to not making it. But she goes, I look back and she goes, it's the greatest thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. So, and it was very wise. Is it easy? It's not. Growth is never easy, and those challenges can take a long time. But when you sign up for the rest of your life, what do you think you're <laughs> signing up for? Yeah. So
1: I, I also think that this is becoming a, a bigger conversation today. I think it needs to continue to go that way. But again, I have hope that the generation coming up well, I, I, maybe will you know, revere marriage as mm-hmm. just uh, hold it to a higher standard than what we currently do right now. I think that, that yeah. we, we are- Some
3: traditions work for a reason. Well, yeah, no. I mean, it's, it's.
1: Do you know what the divorce rate is with with uh, arranged marriages? I brought this up. Freaking super oh, low, bro. It's yeah. like four percent. Yep. Super low. Like Ninety plus percent freaking successful. Yeah,
0: it's not about the whole falling. When falling in love, I don't want to over like overlook that. It's a great feeling. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's one of the most wonderful feelings. It's not a permanent thing, though. After that, you you bond, which is much more solid, much stronger, and much deeper. But we fall. We we we. Obsess over the feeling, and the media paints it as this thing. And what do you see in the in, in the media? Like, oh, husband and wife together. Oh, they're unhappy because why? Because the spark is lost. i mean you know how many times, how many times say that? Oh, people say that. Oh, we got divorced. We lost the spark. That's mm-hmm. why you got divorced. No, yeah. because yeah. you lost the spark. What are you looking for? Yeah, that, you know. That, that and work. again, the myth that you'll be happier, especially when you have children, that you'll be happier. Raising your kids uh, on your own, or that it's going to be easier. I'm I'm divorced, and it's more work being divorced, trying to be involved with my kids than it was when okay. I was married. So I gotta, So
1: I saw you tweeted that. Did you? Uh, I'm getting some heat. I bet you are. Yeah, because you know they're. So uh, you know I'm going to defend the people that are probably you know snarling at you right now, uh, because <laughs> there 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 is a point. You know, there I grew, I, I grew, I grew, I grew up in a house where I wish my mother would have divorced my stepfather. Yeah, yeah. You know, a decade sooner than what she did. Right, um, and I think she did more damage to the relationship with her children mm. uh, than she uh, would have had she got rid of him there's a there's a there's many decades where i was Mm -hmm. still holding on to animosity and resentment towards her for making us go through that with her because she selfishly chose to keep this man around and not choose to keep him around because it was better for the family unit but better for herself because she didn't want to be alone and she didn't want to go do that she didn't want to do life without having a partner so there are situations where I think a relationship is so unhealthy, hundred
0: percent. Yeah. I agree. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, there's examples that it that. needs that it that it needs to end. And so, understand. but if you look
0: at the data, the majority are not that. No, I agree with that's you. that's what I'm saying. talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's not the you know what do they say? to divorce now it's like forty percent of all marriages or something like that now end in divorce, something some along those lines. The majority of those are not that. The majority of those are what I said, and mm. and they know because the data is there. Because when you file for divorce, you have to tell. The reason and what's going on, and that's what it turns out to be. And then the and then the kids typically lose somewhat of a relationship with both parents if both parents are involved because you do the dual custody. Or what's more common is they lose somewhat of a relationship with the dad because the dad either bounces or does the every other weekend thing. Or here's another thing that's quite common, and I know and you know, you you talk to any divorce attorney, uh, they'll tell you this. Sometimes uh, mom makes it really tough. Uh, for dad to be involved, they add they, they make it even more challenging, and the kids don't do better that way. They do they do worse oftentimes. So that's you know that's 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 what's interesting. Now how, about do, you, it, you now, how it. do
1: you you personally um, reconcile this? Because you 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 weren't in a abusive toxic type of marriage, and you went the, opp- you went Without the opposite. Without
0: going into too much detail, because uh, just out of respect for um, you know, my, my ex-wife and my kids, um, it was definitely, we were definitely in a position where it was too far gone. So that, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cause again, out of respect for them, I won't, I'll never go into detail. Well, I mean, around. that
1: tells you, I mean, I'm not asking you to do that. Yeah. I think that's why I asked, like, obviously if it you, was if you're researching, gone. I know how your brain works. Yeah. If you're researching this, you're diving on this. I know there's a lot of you that's processing, okay. My own situation, right. right. And going, you know, looking back and knowing the challenges of what it's been like to go through a divorce, like would the the more wiser, older self of yours go back and advise yourself who went through that process, say seven years ago? You know, I can.
0: that's such a weird question because, you know, people always ask that, like, if you could go back in time, no, because I wouldn't be where I'm at now and where I'm at now is very happy. And, you know, I have Jessica and we have two children together and I'm very, very happy. Um, so that's a hard one, right? Like, could you, would, would you go back in time? And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fair. Everything happens, I guess, the way it's, I mean, I think
1: it's fair to be able to play both. I mean, be able to say both, right? It's okay. I could
0: say this. I was young and I was totally naive. I was not, you you know, know, I didn't understand, you know, things the way I do now. Yeah. That might be the biggest challenge with getting married young. Although I'll say this culturally, we don't learn this like we used to culturally and societally marriage is painted to us in a unfair way. And we tend to be set up for failure because of the way we think it's supposed to be, you know, versus, uh, you know, culturally and societally people understanding what well, this is, what it's like. This is what, it, this is what you're going to, these are the challenges that you're going to meet. And this is what to expect. And I think that that would help people quite a bit.
1: Do you think we have the worst culture around marriage out of all the like different cultures? Oh. I mean, would you would you say that? You've been around well, in other other cultures mm-hmm. like that. Would you would, do you have an opinion on that? Well,
4: I definitely know our divorce rate is up there. Um, I yeah, mean, but- I look at the Japanese culture, which I have more familiarity with. They're more in in it for the long haul, even if they don't have a great relationship. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so I can't speak to all other cultures though. Yeah, with, with respect to that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would say um, newer cultures tend to be worse about it than older cultures because older cultures what follows along is wisdom, not saying that they shouldn't change a few things because there's, there's things that need to be changed and, you know, that become outdated, but, um, older cultures tend to have better, uh, I guess, better attitudes around marriage and what that's supposed to be in the family typically. Uh, but again, there's along with that sometimes comes, uh, mistreatment of women or really, really rigid, You know gender roles which can be not so great um especially for women or children but uh i think there's some wisdom there that we can't throw everything away can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. you gotta look at it and say okay well what what about this is true right
3: and what can we learn from this extract yeah the benefits and yeah uh, really like you know peer into that i have a bit of a rant i didn't know how to transition into this at all (laughs) uh after a marriage conversation but um it so i finally figured out uh Basically, you know how we go from crazy amounts of rain and just just floods and, and like the most water we've ever seen here to then dry dams. And then all of a sudden we're in a drought
0: again. You know oh, why that is? This is all man. It's our own. Pro- we have not set ourselves up to store any of this water.
3: No, we have. We can. There's there's an actual like uh, environmental uh, thing that's blocking us, policy yeah. over a, a
0: two inch smelt. Fish. Yeah. What? Yes. So it's to protect a, a certain fish. They will not allow us to store in, uh, rainwater to its capacity. You know how much of this yeah. rainwater we just saw? We just had record water here record. in California. Yeah. Out to the ocean, gone.
3: Yeah. So they said 94% right now. Of all of this water is just made its way into the ocean. Yeah.
0: So we'll have what well, this is one of the reasons why California is gonna, Gavin Newsom policy,
3: dude. This is why I hammer that fucking guy.
0: Yeah. yeah. This okay, is so another it's one not of just his, his, it's been policies for it's decades. It's been before, yeah.
1: but he's signed off on it. Okay, so then, okay, so why? I know you say because the fish, but let's follow the money or follow the reason. There's got to be a reason. That oh, you want to do this. oh, you I do want to do this because it doesn't make sense. Conspiracy land when you go that
0: direction. Yeah. Well, I I mean, if we solve our drought issue, you now have gotten rid of. How do they a have very, a grasp and a chokehold on that, us? Yeah, you, you you've lost a very powerful political yes. wedge that you can use as a politician. Yes. If you solve an issue like that, you can't keep using the drought. You can't mm. keep talking climate change. You can't keep talking so any of this stuff because we've solved it and it's an easy solution it's yeah. literally well, the Central
3: data. Valley politicians have been fighting for Okay so this for is also time. why
1: I do believe too cuz I know everybody I I think this is very much so less of a left or a right thing and a, just a pure government thing that they agree that let's keep this as the argument. Yep. Like, that's how I feel about a lot of these massive arguments. 100% agree
0: with they, you. They they yep. do
1: not necessarily dis- even though they 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 uh they go out there and they campaign as one side or the other. I yeah. think behind closed I doors,
0: think Trump
3: actually was responsible for this specific policy. Uh, I I don't know, like if that's what it said, and then and Gavin Newsom resigned on off on this. So anyways, this this is a big problem because you see all the reservoirs kind of go down to like nothing, and yeah. it's just it's so wasteful, and we like especially all the water like that gets. Travel down to like LA and everything from Northern California gets just stripped. And so all the farmlands are, are like, you know, begging for us to be able to trap this water to be able to like add in the central Valley. We'd flourish. Like there's just so much benefit to solving this over a two inch fucking fish.
0: Yeah. The irony is uh, that it actually is killing more than it's saving because we put ourselves in the situation. Then we have to react with policies that, are quite damaging. Yeah. It's like the whole um, forest fire thing, like let's not go out and clean up all the dead dry wood because we'll kill the small animals, but then what happens is you increase the risk of these huge forest fires which kill all yeah. the animals. So You
3: got to do yeah, risk reward analysis yeah. and see I saw, how it affects the actual human beings.
1: Yeah. I saw a crazy documentary one time on fires and that the technically the thing that we're supposed to do is just completely Leave it all alone. Just let it go. Yeah. Natural burns.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, yeah. It but, happens in nature all the time.
0: Yeah. But what they, the, some of the most effective strategies they have are to do controlled burns, uh which they don't like. Yeah. Go out there and clean things out, which they don't like. So then we end up with these huge forest fires, which and people live in these places. Where was it? When was it? When it's was that ironic
3: because they'll say something about the CO2 in the environment, but then we just wait till it gets so crazy that it just has a burn for the entire
0: state. What was it two years ago where the skies here were red? Because of the smoke yeah. from all the fires. And then what was that town that we completely lost? Paradise? Yeah,
3: Paradise. Com- my, you know, my, I, have that, I, have a, oh, see, I have a cousin. Yeah,
0: I have there. Oh, so you have a cousin.
3: Yeah, her whole house burned. From
0: completely there. lost the whole city.
3: So, anyway, along those lines, those tragic lines. So, we have a um, actually a, a longtime fan, Hillary, and I just wanted to kind of give her, <laughs> give her a shout <laughs> out. Because, going hard. Here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> because she, like, uh, so she lives near me, like in Felton, and you guys saw some of those videos of like the flooding and everything. Yeah. So, she's right next to like the river there and it literally just decimated her entire like uh, bottom oh. floor of her house. I, we'll show the video, uh, but just wanted to give her some love, and, and uh, I think she's on the forum. If not, I'll make sure she gets in the forum if you guys want to reach oh. out and do anything. Oh, about. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know she is. Yeah, she's she came, she came to a live event. Oh, yeah. that sucks. She's a sweetheart, but yeah, so oh, that's I, I too felt bad. terrible for her. Yeah,
0: That's terrible. But. Hey, I, uh, I just read a study on testosterone. I love it when they fund studies that you're like, why are they giving money to this kind of stuff? It's like, like
1: the, uh, the, the sky is blue type of thing. Yeah, dude. They took it's, a
0: bunch of young men who were healthy. So they were all healthy young men. And they gave half of them a bunch of testosterone. They rubbed testosterone cream on, on them. And it made them more sexually impulsive. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, so everybody was Everybody's like, whoa, it looks what? like testosterone increases libido and so sexual impulsivity. That. No shit. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I know. Yes. But the way they did the test was weird. They had them do a questionnaire, and with each question, there was a picture that was kind of fuzzy, and if you waited, then it would show the full picture, and it was like nudes. So if you waited a second, you saw the full picture. If you waited three seconds, then you saw something else with the picture. The guys on testosterone just waited a second and wanted to get to the next one. (laughs) The guys not on testosterone (laughs) waited the full- How yeah. do they design these? I, design these, these that's what I think is fascinating. is How we decide, like this mean this means this. Yeah, so if you do this, this means I you're know. super impulsive, right? Super funny. Oh, anyway, yeah. I mean to ask you, uh, Adam, in yeah. the in our new property over over there in uh, Park City, did we get all the juve lights set up? Yes, there we've the, had renters come in.
1: Yeah, no, we're on like I mean, our we're on, go, we're on right? our third guest, I believe. Doug, correct me if I'm wrong. That we've had through there. My niece was just there, so she was just in fact she's there right now. She doesn't leave for another day or two um and I felt so bad that she couldn't uh figure out the wi-fi situation and so um we finally got online with her and stuff like that and she,
0: she did the tech free package yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah i was like damn yeah. that would be hella frustrating if that happened to me so luckily she was like, she's like outdoorsy so she was out doing stuff so she wasn't even tripping about it but i'm like no this is an issue i cannot have ever a guest here in that but she was actually doing the wrong thing so it was kind of more of a, a, a user error but the um, yes the juvite is in our audience. We haven't we haven't brought it up since we got going. It's yeah. the only one thing that is not at the house is the the sauna. The sauna is still about a month out. Cold plunge is in there. PRX is completely set up. Juve lights in every single room, movie theater, steam room, um, heated floor stuff. We got every do time you go there you get a little cool little package Do you from have us. a protocol?
0: You're probably I'd say you and Doug are probably the most consistent with the red light. Do you get, what's your protocol first thing in the morning? Like, when no, you, at night, you do yours at night mm-hmm. so before I. bed, before bed, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't affect your sleep negatively,
4: no, actually helps my sleep,
0: really, yeah. yeah. Now, do you do it what full, full, like your face? Oh, yeah, I okay. sit,
4: I have a little chair, I sit right in front of the panel, and you just let it do the thing? and yeah, just let the sun shine where
1: the sun don't shine. <laughs> so, I have a similar, <laughs> you Mine's look not, young down there, <laughs> <Justin>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine's a similar routine, mine's not as uh, <laughs> as late. So, I, t- when I get home probably around you know five ish or so i probably do my my second shower of the day and you
0: still do that huh two showers every day
1: at least two sometimes three so depending on when i train it'll be three so yeah i just i don't do well being dirty you don't really get you
0: don't go outside you don't do anything dirty outside
1: mm. even like just clothes yeah. and sweaty and like I'm so really
3: call that when you leave some of the seasoning on the pan you know, yeah. that's
1: yeah. more me <laughs> just as an iron skillet yeah. Yeah. I mean I am <laughs> like scrub I mean shit. the truth yeah. is I know it's, it's stainless steel healthier there. from my my skin and what left of hair I have like as far as the oils and the natural yeah. body like you're supposed to do that I know that and I guess you would say when I do shower three times I have like a like scrub myself shower and then I have like a rinse shower
0: wow you do a shower where you scrub
1: the shit out of yourself. Well, like you know, with a, I lather up and get really soapy. You, you soap clean. everything up, <laughs> yeah. the whole head to toe. Head to toe. You're not supposed see. to do that. How, How many loofas you? Soap. Soap. I'm not a loofah guy. Oh, do you do you bar, I'm a bar soap guy. Oh, you just bar uh, it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bar like soap you're in prison. guy. Okay, yeah, okay. So, a,
0: so hold on. A second. so you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to put soap all over your body. I've read that that's really bad for your skin. They say use soap on like armpits, your on your on your butt, and on your your obviously your privates. The areas that you know, whatever generates pheromones and whatever, but everything else you're supposed Where you to get leave. the most swampy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I
1: like to smell good. You just everything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah you I'm get in there,
0: in there, in between the toes. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm
1: saying? Oh, yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. And then afterwards, I go and I sit. Go to go to Adam's okay. OnlyFans.
0: Yeah. So Watch him I did. I I mean,
3: so okay. <laughs> Yesterday, I got bit by a tick, and this is oh like, no, dude. The wor- like okay. So did you we, go get treated? No, no, no. So okay. I looked up the protocol and CDC and all that kind of stuff. So it was like I, I felt like something like pinching. It was annoying. It all relates to your your shower story. I swear. Um, but it was so I, I dropped my pants. I'm like, oh my god, uh. go downstairs, Courtney. I got like a tick, and and so she helped me to kind of like pull it out. And thankfully, it came right out. It didn't leave its head. It wasn't like struggling. It was like it just had bit me. Uh, and so I was like, it was, there some hair on my legs and all this. And I'm just like, no, I got to monitor this thing. And so I just started shaving it. And then I was like, well, I'm here, you know, and I just like all, Did the whole business? Just, yeah, I man, I'm like a seal right now,
1: dude. Really <laughs> wait a minute. Now, how was sex last night? <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> Since we're on it, you know what I'm
3: saying? I mean, I fell asleep before that
0: happened.
2: <laughs> Are you yeah, sliding
1: yeah. around in your, in your
0: pants? Yeah. Right I now? am slick right now, though. Whoa. I'll
3: tell you guys. <laughs> Hold on a second.
2: Wait,
0: wait. Aren't you sw- Aren't you supposed to, if you get bit by a tick, immediately go get because uh Lyme treatment works initially? Yeah. After that, you're fucked. Well, so it
3: says that like, um uh, so I saved it and it was still alive, and we put it in a bag and we froze it, so that way if I have to test it, I can uh and they said if you have any symptoms within like i think it was like 72 hours or something that like you then you go in and did you get the bullseye mark uh so i have a bruise there from it but it didn't like swell like um if it has like that ring and like it has, yeah. has enough time to infect so it was just the um it's got like some kind of an anesthesia kind of like venom yeah. initially
1: so that's what i got See, so saw when you don't shower a lot, this type of stuff happens.
0: You, oh, he it, felt just, the pin, he felt r- the pinching, r- r- repelled yeah. it off <laughs> me. It, it, it tried to bite into his massive quad. <laughs> get through the oil.
2: Uh, it's it's creepy as, as
0: hell, though. I'll tell you what. Ugh, I hate those. Well, things. bro, uh, but okay, but yeah, pay attention because I have a cousin who has Lyme. I know. I'd... And Lyme is weird. I don't know yeah, if you guys ever. read I've
1: had clients that have. I'm worried about it still, bro. It is weird. It is weird. Exhausted out of nowhere. Well, so
0: her symptoms were this like suit like uh. She was so hungry all the time. She said, "Sal, it's the most starving I've ever felt. twenty four seven. she gained like eighty pounds. She's like, it was it's so painful, a hungry I got. Yeah. And then, of course, the painful, like crushing, fatigue, yeah. like joint mono. hurt. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, it's like it, I had clients like almost like narcolepsy. She'd yeah. be like totally, in, she'd come in like totally fine. But I knew this, right? So she'd give me, it gave me a heads up. And then all of a sudden like how would you work? She'd be like, oh, I got to lay down. Yeah. Th- I'm so yeah, tired I'm right now. Like you're like, yeah. what?
0: But apparently yeah. you can treat it quite effectively if you treat it you immediately. Early. Yeah. But not after. Afterwards, I think the, what do they call them? The bacteria? they call them spirulets. Dude, think. what if you lose your leg? No, Shut we're
3: not gonna up, lose. Oh, I don't need it. It'd be so good for you. Like, don't need your leg. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just, I'll, I'll go, I'll do something in the Olympics. You know
0: yeah. what? <laughs> Justin's gonna it Turn it
3: into, you know, like,
1: turn yeah. it into a win. Yeah, win some mm-hmm. kind of win. Yeah,
0: dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, But well, back to the red, back to the red it's light. To be. Yeah. I, my sister started using red light. And okay. she, yeah, <laughs> she, back to your family using. Good, good old. Family. I got so bro. much family, bro. <laughs> You know how I, I got commercials for my two thousand. Is this like fourth generation yeah. now we're <laughs> yeah. talking no. about? Her. she? No, my sister. Like, I know people that listen are like,
1: God damn, how big is Sal's family? It's, it's big. It's real big. huge.
0: It's massive. But but she's been using the red light and she's like, dude, is uh, uh, what is she, two weeks into it? And she, she you know, send. I I asked her if I could share the picture. She said no. So sorry, I can't show everybody. But she did it before and after dramatic difference in 2 weeks on her face. So mm. it's I mean that shit really works. Yeah,
1: no. yeah. I know. I am I'm pretty good. I'm better right now. I'm, I mean ever since the whole January and the behaviors thing like I've been I've been better about doing my red light. I was already doing the the plunge really well, but the the sauna and the red light I've I've kicked Did up. you
0: are you still doing the plunge? Mhm.
1: I did it just the other day again. Did you? Yeah, i tell you what. You so want to know
0: what's funny? I got to tell the audience this. Uh. Adam is hilarious right afterwards. <laughs> right afterwards, he's it's like he took cocaine or something. He came in here after doing the plunge and he's like... <laughs> Dude, I, How long were you in there for? I, I tell you what... So it's, energized. It is...
1: It is... And I, maybe because I've become so um, accustomed to having as much... Caffeine, as I do, that I don't feel caffeine like that, but it feels like the the biggest shot of adrenaline slash caffeine dose. You are hyped. That's great. I love it. Afterwards. I mean, that's it is it it is miserable as fuck to do it every time I do so it. Can't do it, but it it feels amazing afterwards. The thing that's really wild, I was told, Kyle and I because Kyle's been really consistent, so him and I like share notes, like you know how's it been going, how long are you in there for, us not when I when I push to like five minutes, it. And I'd like to see the the research on this. I haven't done any digging on this. Maybe you can do since you're more the guy to do this. I if you stay for like 5 minutes and beyond, it like f- gets me cold to the bone. So, 4 hours later, still cold, I have yeah. like sh- I'm still cold. I've like the I'm still shaking a little bit. Wow. Yeah. So that's the only so the, the reason why I don't do it before we podcast is cuz I've done that. I've already done it once or twice. And I, I like, be I'm be, so like, I'm, I'm like cold. Chattering. Yeah, while well, we're yeah. sitting in here, so I'm cold. I don't, I feel like uncomfortably cold, just sitting here, not able to warm myself up. Yeah, you up. told me because
0: yeah. I've only done it like a few times, and I said, how long should I go in there? And you said, what did you tell me? Do it two, two minutes. minute at least. He's all like, go two minutes at least. This was after I had already done it, and I tried to stay as long as I could, and I did like a minute. Yeah. I'm like, two minutes. <laughs> what? Well, I, I believe yeah. so. Huberman is. I've heard
1: him talk about where the kind of threshold is to get like the the. You know max benefits, benefits yeah you know, and i i think it's 12 minutes a week and maybe someone can fact check no you're me. right it's like 12 yeah. minutes or yeah. something like yeah. that right so obviously if you're going a minute and a half at a time you're not gonna ever get no. there so
0: so to get max but you gotta minutes. work your way up to it it's an adaptation like so yeah but here's i don't know
1: how you do five minutes dude two is the hardest once you get beyond two two to three three to four four to five nothing really? nothing it hurts it's yeah, but you can become so numb by 2 minutes in. That oh. first minute to two the the 0 to 2 minutes to do your Wim Hof breathing. Is the then. and the breathing is everything. Like yeah. I 100% like I have my breathing under control from the minute I'm in there. And then once I get acclimated after about a minute and a half, I really want to go do that competition with Justin because I feel like I can give him a run for his money. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because now that I have the breathing down and get it.
0: Justin crushed us.
1: And I get the strategy. Yeah,
3: I mean, I haven't done – yeah, you've been using it quite a bit. I haven't even gone in it yet, so I got to step it
0: up. My heat tolerance is really good. I could do that for a while. Cold is just – oh, that's my nemesis, man. I can't – speaking of immune systems, because it's immune-boosting, so I got uh glutathione injectable glutathione through our partners at mphormones.com. Okay? <laughs> You've you got like a full on pharmacy. Oh, injectable house, glutathione. <laughs> wow. Right, and you, you now glutathione is great. You could supplement with it, but it takes a while to build up in your system when you take it as a supplement. Yeah. Injectable come you, you right away, and oh, they great. use it for liver detox. They use it for respiratory disease. So all that stuff. All right. Yeah. So you guys know how uh, Adam had a cold and he was kind of getting over it. And, uh, but you know, we were staying away or whatever. Was it yesterday? Yesterday in the middle of the night. Uh, so the night before I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, God, I think I got, I got his cold for sure. I had it in my throat. I was kind of feeling scratchy. You know, that feeling you get when you're starting to get a cold. I was like, oh man, I was so pissed off. Plus I've been getting crappy sleep. So I was like, crap, I had to cancel. I was supposed to go to my parents' house. I had to cancel that because I don't want to get my parents sick. So I got the glutathione, which I saved. And I said, let me... Let me take, let me do this. So I did a shot of the glutathione. That night, gone. Wow. Gone. I don't have it anymore. Cold gone. Nothing. That,
3: that has to be the most effective form to use it, right? Of course, because it yeah.
0: bypasses everything. Yeah,
3: well, I imagine, because that was one of the biggest factors, too. They said whether or not you're going to do terribly when you got
0: COVID initially. It was like, glutathione. Yeah,
3: yeah a glutathione deficiency. Yep. So that would be a great
0: no, uh, answer. No, literally that night, so from the morning, for sure I had a cold. That night, gone. Hmm. Wild. It'd
1: be interesting to test that on somebody who who has COVID to give yeah. that to them like like that yeah. right away. What so what do you think okay so you're saying like so you know we had live on right and so we I was always using the packets. Yep. And that and of course as far as from the supplement standpoint it's the best right? So as yeah. far as if you were going to supplement it Yeah,
0: it's liposomal so you're you're going to raise your glutathione levels by taking it. And yeah. so But it takes a second right? Because it's it's got to go through your yeah, digestive, through digestive system. Track, yeah. yeah. So this is like immediate spike in glutathione. Yeah, it'd be interesting
1: to see a comparison of like the best, you know, basically, (sighs) you know, glutathione supplement on the market compared to taking an injectable. Like, obviously, you know, it's going to hit your system faster. Does it raise it uh, as much or more? Higher. yeah.
0: Yeah. But now here's, here's the thing. It's so potent that you can't take it too much. Oh. If you take too much through injectable means, then you can cause po- uh, problems. So you have to be very careful. You have to do as they, as they recommend. So it would probably be smart to take the injection and then supplement after that. Yeah. On a, just on a semi-regular basis. Mm. Um, but now that I have that, I'm like, holy shit, I'll do a couple of those a week. And
3: we should have done that before my trip uh, overseas, you know. That'd yeah. be a great uh yeah,
1: preventative measure. Totally. Yeah, I'm going to order that, but you, I'm just I'm just to say, "Hey, could you when I cuz I meet with them this coming week, I get my blood work done and we'll be like, "Could you just uh, pretty much give me the stuff that Sal has?" <laughs> I'll give you guys a four hundred one. Get a fucking box like this.
0: <laughs> Some of the, I mean, it's I mean, uh Sal like, has got all of this. I'll take the Costco yeah. version, please. Yeah, I'm buy a separate you're refrigerator. Like, you're gonna have to pay us now. <laughs> oh, jeez.
3: So we usually do the shout outs. I wanted to just like do kind of a funny, random one. I don't know if you guys have ever followed this guy's the low cost cosplay. I think th th I think is the end of that. But like he does the most ridiculous. Um, version, like a side-by-side comparison of like an anime character, and he does it with like bananas. And <laughs> he uses like random stuff this. to like cover on himself. Like, yeah, like, cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like bizarro your, version. Yeah, you'll <laughs> draw something on his stomach that you think is the person. And anyways, he's hilarious, dude. Check him out. Oh, God.
0: Hey, check this out. We work with a company called Organifi, and their superfood blends make it easy and enjoyable to add more variety and nutrition to your day. One of our favorite products... From them is Peak Power. You can use this as a pre-workout. It's got caffeine, but it also has other herbal compounds that improve your clarity, focus, and euphoria. That's right. It makes you feel euphoric. Go check it out. Go check out some of their other products. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for 20% off. All right. Here comes the rest of the show. Our first caller is Ali from California. Ali, how you doing? How can we help
2: you?
5: I'm good. Thanks guys, obviously in advance. Um, so I wrote in, uh, two questions if it's okay. The first one's on hormonal health. I just recently got my cycle out on my own after not having it probably since I was like 18, I got put on the pill. So I just went off the pill, was working with a nutritional coach, just finally got it. Um, I've had two cycles now, which is awesome. My question is, um, Going forward, what do I need to be most concerned about? Is it calorie intake, too much working out? Um, I've had low estrogen my entire life, so that was the main problem. Um, so I just from here, I don't know if it's the workouts, the calories, both of them, stress management, obviously.
0: Uh, all right, I mean, well, you're so hitting
1: them, you're hitting all the things for sure. Yeah, all those things.
0: <laughs> okay. So, 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 so first off, um, there's a few things that can affect your fertility, um, most uh, I think most strongly, right? Uh, number one is too much stress, but too much stress is a is a, it's a large bucket. So that could be too much exercise, too much intensity, too little sleep, uh, life stresses. By the way, defining too much, that definition can change as the context of your life changes. So what might've been an appropriate amount of working out before might be too much today or, or vice versa. So you're going to kind okay. of have to gauge how you feel, um, based okay. off that, um, and then and then calories. If you're if your nutrition, if your calories are too low and you're not getting enough of the essential macronutrients, proteins and fats in particular, um, then your body probably won't want to be fertile because those are essential. So you want to eat enough and you don't want to overtrain. Um, now I'm, okay. looking, I'm looking at your question here and it says that you played soccer for most of your life?
5: Yeah, I played through college. Um and then I'm a trainer and nutritionist now. I've been out of college for 20 years. So, um yeah, I've been in sports my whole life.
0: So the challenge with someone like you and I, you know when I would train somebody who had a pedigree like you when it comes to athletics, the hard thing for them to judge is too much. What is too much intensity? What is too much volume? Um, right. you, you have another gear that you've trained yourself to work with. So it's, it's a lot less than you think. Okay. It's a lot less mm-hmm. than you think the appropriate amount of training with intensity, frequency, volume, um, is less than what you think it is. So you're not playing at a high level anymore. So you have to completely change your mindset around it. So the, the idea is, and you hear Adam say this on the podcast all the time, do the least amount of work to elicit the most amount of change. See how totally. little you can work before you start to see negative effects of not working out enough. Okay. okay. So that's the yeah. goal. The goal is like, okay, well, what if I do three days a week? What if I cut this down? Do I notice any changes? And if you just continue to feel better, then keep moving in that direction until you, sit, you start to notice like, oh, I'm getting more out of shape. I'm, now, I need, I, now I think I'm doing too little. So that would be the game that you would want to play.
1: Now, it's hard to tell because you have a hoodie on, so that. but you look pretty lean to me. And I I would also add that one of probably the the greatest assaults potentially on your hormone level, staying balanced is a low calorie type of diet and also being very lean. Uh, I remember when we were-
5: That's what I was just going to ask was, I don't really weigh myself anymore. Um, I kind of know where I'm at. I'm probably like 115. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know my body fat, but I'm not a big person. (laughs) um but i don't know going forward like can i not be a certain weight like do i have to worry about that or can i just worry about making sure my calories are okay
1: well okay so i mean they go They're hand connected. they go hand in hand right so a little example yeah. of this so katrina manages herself relatively lean and i actually don't even think she she doesn't look crazy lean at all like she doesn't have abs popping and she doesn't try and stay shredded she just stays pretty lean as a female and when we were when we were getting her hormones checked and we were trying to get pregnant, uh, one of the things that she had to do was actually just kind of back off her working out and intentionally eat to gain. Which in her head she was like, "I don't I don't feel like I'm shredded, you know. I don't feel at all right. lean. In fact, she's like, I would I would much rather be much leaner. I'm not even where I'd like to be. And he, the doctor's telling me I need to put body fat on. Yeah, and she's right. like, you, so." And, and so it was very important that one, she pulled back a little bit on the intensity of her training. Two, she intentionally increased her body fat percentage, and that started to balance out and level out her hormones. And, and again, there's going to be this obvious individual variance. And so with someone who's already down to 115, you're probably, I actually would not, I, I would be focused probably a lot on calories and keeping your calories up. I'd, I'd want you to be more in a bulk mentality right now, since we're, we're really trying to keep that balanced. And then to Sal's kind of point about, you know, the least amount possible, it doesn't mean that we can't in the future have a goal where you say, hey, Adam, you know, I've got Vegas coming up in summer and could we lean out a little bit before I'd like to, and I wouldn't be against that, but right now, since this is so new to you getting your period back and you're really trying to go from a health perspective, you may want to start to carry a little bit higher body fat percentage and and that would support that in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so just generally speaking, a good – go get your body fat tested. So you could use calipers or underwater weighing. Yeah. um, And that will give you kind of a general idea. If a good balance between lean and – um, fertility and health with body fat for women is in the low twenties. So I would aim for like 20, 20 to 23% body fat. Looking yeah. at you now, you're probably in the teens, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. do you have an idea what your body fat's at?
5: Yeah. I'm probably, I would think like, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: yeah. See, that, Katrina
1: was between 13 and 15. That's where she was hovering, yeah. even though she didn't look it. Yeah. That's how, that was her, her measurements. And so she had to put on body fat to get up Yeah, there. Get,
0: get your body fat percentage up, uh, to like 20%. And, and you okay. know, your estrogen question, by the way, um, being too lean or not having a, a lot of body fat will lower estrogen for a lot of women. Right. That, that was
1: her issue was estrogen. Yeah. Estrogen, yeah. Her, her estrogen was low and that's why we had to get it up was to, and increase the body fat percentage.
5: Okay. Yep. Um. Okay. Thank you. Can I ask a totally aesthetic question? Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
5: So obviously I played soccer my whole life. Um, The only way for my freaking quads to get smaller is for me to not do anything, (laughs) but that's obviously not health. I mean, I don't think that's healthy either. Right. Like I always have a small waist and an upper body, but, and my husband's like, you're like a problem all men want, (laughs) but I hate it. Like it doesn't matter what I do. They're freaking gigantic.
1: Listen, you can, you can do, you don't actually have to hardcore strength them. I've actually had, I've had a girlfriend who was like this, uh, who competed and, she did very little leg training, I and mean, when she did, it was like body weight walking lunges. And doesn't mean you can't exercise them so that they're they're strong and they're stable. But you're probably the type of person who doesn't need to be backloading, you know, 200 pound squats because your legs were, or leg pressing a bunch of weight or doing like that. Like mm-hmm. I might do more stability stuff and multiplanar movements yep. for your legs and body weight exercises. So so you are staying balanced, stable, and, and strong in those areas. But I'm probably not going to load. That area, especially considering that I'm also going to be encouraging you to be increase your calories. So, you increasing your calories and strength training your legs will probably make them blow up. And so, yes, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, training them just like yeah. one time a week and more body weight type of stuff.
3: You can always pre exhaust too if you are doing legs for that day and like focus more on your posterior chain. So, um, you know, okay. do something like hip extension and yeah, like but hamstring hamstrings, you know, just do that ahead of time and kind of exhaust them going into a compound
2: lift
0: yeah I, you know okay. it, it's gonna be hard to shrink your quads. Yeah. You, you've got a lot of uh, it's muscle wired. you've got a lot of muscle fiber yeah. hyperplasia probably that that uh, through the years and years and years of sprinting, and you probably are also genetically gifted with strength in your lower body, which is why you were able to compete at a high level. the hard work plus that plus the sprinting plus the training, you've got like very dense muscle fiber um, you know capacity in your quads. and so to shrink them, you're gonna have to atrophy them. And so, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't give you an answer that's going to give you everything you want. Like, you can totally. at, you can atrophy your legs, but now you're losing muscle.
5: Right. The only time they were small is after I had my children because I didn't do anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, I would just do like full range of motion stuff. Like, I wouldn't start my workouts with anything quad related. If it's all quads that you're worried about, I would go hamstrings, glutes adductors, abductors, and then I'd finish with like squats or lunges, you know, something along those lines. Um, you know, usually really big quads. If you build your butt and your hamstrings that can change the aesthetic a little bit, but yeah, if you want them to shrink, it's like, I mean, I could tell you not to move and not to do anything for Uh, your legs, but that sucks.
2: That's
5: the only time that they go down. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. I appreciate you guys. Yep. Yeah. No problem. Hey, do you have any of our programs? by the way? I do. My brother and I, yeah, we actually, we each got it, but we got the bundles over Christmas, um, and I tell all my clients about you guys, so we love you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. you thank you for everything. Do
0: you have mass performance? I don't. Oh, okay. No, but- so which phase is it, Justin, that's all like multi lower Second body? Second phase. Second phase? Yeah. I'm going to send you mass performance. Look at phase two, and look at some okay. of the exercises and lower body movements and mobility movements, and that should give you some, some good ideas for exercises you could do for your lower body that are great for athletic performance, really great for mobility and movement, but they're not huge. It's not going to make your legs massive. The, like phase one problems. will give you yeah. Yeah, yeah. the size. Don't do that. Look at phase two. Yeah.
5: Okay. Thank oh. you guys so much. I appreciate it. You
0: All right. got it. All right. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. Till this day though, for, I mean, always the hardest clients for me to train were ex hardcore athletes. Yeah. It was just well, trying to tell them to do less was okay. like like you, it was impossible well they've been hardwired it's a mindset, yeah. they've been
1: hard yeah exactly they have they've been hardwired for you know decades and in her case decades of training a certain way that you know her her level of laying off and low you know compared to the average person is like the most intense day they would ever experience right so because they're they have that Collegiate-level athletes have learned to push. Their, and and every, every level you go up, it gets crazier, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. training like yeah, a high the school. the longer you're in it. Yeah, training like a kid or a person who went through high school, training consistently, okay, you have a little bit of athletic mindset, and then you get someone who's gone all the way through college, and they have an even crazier athlete. Take someone who's gone to the professional yeah. level. And, it's and I wouldn't like, be
0: surprised if she did club after college. And yeah, really yeah.
1: So unwinding that is is a challenge. You know, she her as far as the hormones, thing, this is, was Katrina's thing, and it was really – the thing that was probably most challenging for her because we we see ourselves so different right so i'm sure she probably even sees herself this way she wants to change her body although she's probably lean in incredible shape you know katrina was just like i want to be leaner i'm not i don't even think i'm that lean and the doctor's telling me that i need to put on body fat like you don't want to hear that if you're that person right like she's over here trying to sculpt her body and stuff like that before she gets pregnant and doctors going like nah you need to you need to eat some cheeseburgers and you need to relax a little bit and put some body fat on. And she's like, man, I don't want to do that.
0: Men and women, you will destroy your hormone levels by being too lean. Now the difference is men are, can get much leaner before that happens, but you know, men get down below seven, 6%. You see their testosterone crash and they start to get hormone problems. And with women, you know, if they walk around in, in the teens of body fat all the time, Um, typically you see hormone problems and fertility issues. Well,
1: and the thing that I think is so deceiving about this is how how we all carry our body fat can look so different on person to person. Like, so... It's
0: also, you look at social media and all the women on there are presenting physiques that are in the low teens. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, that's that's healthy. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah,
4: good point. Our next caller is James from Georgia.
0: James,
6: what's happening? How can we help you? Hey, guys. Um... First of all, I just want to echo what everybody else has been saying. Um, you guys are phenomenal providing like spot on actionable advice that I pretty much can take in and use almost daily. Um, I'm a relatively new listener, so um I've become a bit of a junkie, and I've been listening to you guys for about three or four months now regularly, and I find it the most useful uh, source of information that I have um that I use all the time. Huge compliment. Thanks, Thank man. you,
2: man.
6: No problem. In my um to, I also want to preface this by saying that before I get to to the to the big question is that I haven't uh participated in any of the maps programs yet. I've been relatively new. Just kind of sorting through that, but um I want to make it through this kind of hump that I'm in right now before I start on anything new. So, um the short version of my I guess my question or my dilemma is that while I've been going through a pretty consistent and successful cycle of um, uh, bulks and cuts for about the past five plus years now, uh, I recently went through an extended uh, surplus where I stayed in the bulk a little bit longer than usual. And um, when I went into my cut, everything just fell apart. Um, I did my cut the way that I would normally do it. And almost immediately I had a loss of sleep. I had massive headaches, um, some dizzy spells, which I attribute to the loss of sleep. And, um, so I went back into what I thought at the time, or what I think was my pretty close to my maintenance and did that for a couple of weeks, just kind of see how I felt. I felt fine. So I went back into a cut, not quite as deep as the last one had the same symptoms and then just went back into a went back into what I thought at the time was my um, maintenance, and I've stayed there around there pretty accurately. I'm still losing a little bit of weight, but I'm also losing a little bit of strength, and I'm not really sure which way to go. Whether I just want to kind of dive into the cut and see if I can make it through it, or if I should um, I can't I can't seem to go any lower than I actually am right now. And still maintain some kind of uh, strength. My strength starts to deteriorate pretty quickly after I start the even a small cut. All of, and this is the first time this has ever happened. So there's a few.
0: Um, I want to dig a little deeper because I have a few ideas as to what might be going on. Um, what is your? Let's start with this. What's your
6: workout look like? Strength training. Um, very little. Um, it's it's mostly the the, the basic movements: squats, uh, bench press, shoulder press. Um some dumbbell work with biceps and um some leg press uh to kind of to, to to square things out. Um and how many hiking and week,
0: walking. How many days a week do you do you lift and what's the intensity look like and then how and then how often do you walk
6: and hike? So uh for the workouts, it's 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 generally four days one week and maybe five days the next week. The four-day week I tended to be doing a little bit heavier and take more rest. The five day week, I tend to just focus on maybe taking it down a little bit and getting it in, getting some, some, just some exercise in, um, the intensity, it depends on what I'm, what I'm, um, doing that day. So some days I'll push really hard. Other days I'll pull back a little bit, kind of like it, like a slingshot, you know?
0: Yeah. And these are what, one hour workouts? About, yeah.
6: It can be 45 minutes. And then when you,
0: an when you do your cut, what are you cutting? How many calories? And
6: is this coming from carbs, fats, proteins? It's all coming from carbs and a little bit of fat.
0: Okay. Um,
6: I, it's about I take down what the way that I do it is I start I, I just drop 500 calories immediately, and I assume based based on my experience that will put me at about um, at about 250 car- 250 calories under my maintenance. And then I evaluate after two weeks and see where I should go from there.
0: And so it's five hundred calorie cut
6: well, um, from
0: from where you I, were. I, I brought, yeah, where's I want to know the where, where okay,
1: give me I want to know your weight right now. How much do you weigh well, and hold then, on and the calorie intake? Well,
0: let's get there because I, I do have I do want to go a little because I think there's I, I think I might know what's going on, and then we'll get into the calories. But you go down five hundred calories from where you were, mostly from carbs, and your symptoms include terrible sleep, headaches, dizziness, uh just feeling like shit. And I'm going to assume that your diet is mostly whole natural foods. It is 100%. Well, not 100%, 99%. Your sodium, you need to increase your sodium. Mm. That's where I would start. So when you drop carbs, uh, you lose a lot of water. And you probably don't eat a lot of sodium, especially for someone who works out a lot and eats whole natural foods. So if you eat a lot of whole natural foods and you work out a lot, you, number one, don't eat a lot of sodium. Whole natural foods don't contain much sodium. Even if you salt your food, you're not getting much sodium in comparison to heavily processed foods. Then if you work out a lot on top of that, you're sweating quite a bit. And then you drop your carbs, which pulls water out. So people, when they go on a low carb diet and they go, Oh, I have the keto flu, or I feel like really crappy. A lot of it has to do with their electrolyte imbalance and they need to dramatically increase their sodium. So, and this is something you could try very easily. You could go on a cut and then start supplementing with electrolytes, like a thousand, 2000, 3000 milligrams of sodium, a day on top of your normal diet with your carb cut and see if you notice a difference and you'll notice right away. So if that's the thing, if that's really what's happening and you're starting to feel like crap and then you bump your sodium up the next day, you'll be like, oh my God, I feel a lot better Then that's what it was. If that's not what it was, then it might be that your your calories are just too low and your workouts are just too hard. Uh, and the combination of two is too much.
1: Where's, so let's go. Let's get the calories. So, that. although that's a, what a great, what yeah. great insight. That. Yeah, you're probably you're mango. probably spot on with that. But let's. Where, where are your calories at right now? Right now they're at twenty three
6: hundred.
1: Oh, okay, so and that's it, and that's considered a cut for
6: you. Uh, it's a little bit under my maintenance. So it's not a big cut. It's just a little, I'm according to the scale, I'm losing about like a quarter of a pound a week, which is not where I want to be because my strength is also going down a little bit.
1: Yeah. That's not, that's not an unhealthy place at all though. I just wanted to make sure you weren't doing something extreme with all that exercise. So that Sal's probably right, dude, especially mm-hmm. if you're a healthy eater and you're, and you're eating a lot of whole foods, have you, have you messed with LMNT or liquid IV or any of those, uh, hydration? Like that.
6: I, I, no, I haven't at all. I mean, Bro. I'm open to all that kind of stuff, but I haven't, I've never really been in a position where I felt like I needed it or, and I've, it seems like maybe over the last three or four months, I've kind of entered a different, a different territory now in my workouts and, and my training. So it's
0: a mm. game changer yeah. for people in low carb diets, people who eat paleo and people who eat a whole food based diet, it's who a also performance exercise. enhancement for sure makes a huge difference. And it's more than you think. You need more than you think. So when you look at people who are like, oh, I, I got to make sure I watch my sodium or whatever, it's because they eat a lot of heavily processed foods, they're inactive, and they're out of shape. You look at athletes who exercise quite a bit, eat whole natural foods, you have to supplement with sodium. You have to actually put sodium in your water and make sure you get enough sodium. So when you cut your carbs, you probably immediately lose water weight, right? When you cut your carbs down low, you probably already drop, like you get that initial kind of weight loss, then it kind of stabilizes, okay. Okay try, just literally try this, try increasing your sodium by a couple thousand milligrams. So LMNT is a company we work with and it's really easy because you just add a packet to water and each packet is a thousand milligrams. So I would do two throughout the day. Not a sugar in there. No sugar, nothing. It's just, it's sodium, uh, magnesium, potassium, but it's high in sodium. And you just add two of them a day on top of your normal food. You'll notice within a day if that was the problem, like literally within a day, you'll be like, maybe even in that moment, I've had clients where this was an issue and and the, the tells for me are the sleep headaches and the, and the dizziness. Those are all signs of your electrolyte your and, electri- energy, and energy, right? Yeah. So, I
1: mean, he, yeah. he, those are all signs of like dehydration. So like you could totally be going through that too, which you may not think yeah, you are because sounds- you drink the same kind of water. But if your body's not hanging on to that because your sodium's so low. So i that's the two things I'd focus on is the water intake and then and the sodium intake and see how you feel. I think that was spot on. Because your calories are, you're not in an unhealthy place. No,
0: and your workout sounds okay. I mean, based on just how you're explaining it, you know, mm-hmm. how you pull back and then you increase in. You sound like you kind of know what you're doing. You know your body a bit. It sounds like you've been working out for a little while. Um, and And when you go and you feel good until you go into this cut. And a majority of the calories are coming from carbs that you're cutting. And it's like you immediately are exhibiting symptoms of somebody who has an electrolyte imbalance, which is very common when somebody goes into a low-carb environment. It's very common. And they're a healthy eater. And they're healthy, right. Now, if you go low-carb, but the the rest of the food you're eating is like bacon, burgers, hot dogs, you know how people do these low-carb you know, kind of keto diets, and they eat a bunch of processed meats. They don't notice these symptoms because their sodium is high. They're eating burgers, hot dogs, and bacon. Mm-hmm. But if your if your diet is whole, natural foods, lots of unprocessed things, you know, you're eating things like you know, red meat and ground beef chicken, and chicken, and turkey, turkey, fish, yeah. uh, eggs. You know, it's uh, it's it's. I'm gonna guess it's sodium. And by the way, you might even notice in the moment. I've had clients like this where literally we give them sodium, and Thirty minutes later. Oh, in like, the wor-
1: I think you'll notice in the workout yeah. the first time
0: you do it. Yeah. yeah. If it's that, you'll
1: you I think you'll, it for you'll sure notice the, right away the first day. It's not
0: like you'll have to try it for a few weeks to see if it works. You'll know within days if
6: this is this is the deal. All right. Um, great. I have I have avoided electrolytes. I don't know why. Just pretty much thought, why would anybody pay extra for that stuff? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you could salt but, it yourself. Yeah. It's not the uh,
6: the LMT no, things. No. Yeah, but I, I need I need some the I need something that will actually like portion it out for me. And, yeah. That's mm-hmm. so, I think I think listen, that's why we like it so much. Of all the supplements that
0: exist on the market, okay. Now I know electrolytes are like silly, oh salt, potassium, magnesium, they've been around forever. Of all the supplements that exist on the market. The most, some of the most valuable supplements for hardworking athletes are electrolytes and sodium (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. and creatine, like the cheapest, the three, the three most basic cheap ones are are like some of the most valuable. I've had
0: endurance athletes where I have them add a pinch of salt to their water while they're running and throughout the day. And they come to me and they're like, I feel like I'm taking steroids. What did you give me? I'm like, you were so depleted. Your sodium is so low. You needed that for performance. So, and like I said, it's an easy test. Test it out for yourself. You'll know within a day or two. If that's the
6: deal, all right. Well, fantastic. I trust you guys completely. So I'm, awesome. Yep, you got I'm it, man. Worst case not, scenario,
0: it. it doesn't work. In which case, I would say adjust your intensity and don't go on such an aggressive cut. Although 500 calories is not that aggressive, not that but I would crazy. bet I'm, I would bet money that it's sodium. Yeah. That's that's how that's how positive I am.
1: Circle back and let us know. Uh, I'll have you know. Let's set you up with uh, Maps Anabolic. Yeah, let me anabolic. say, starting start them was off on see Maps ball. I want them so in the
0: forum too. I want you to. I want to follow up. I'm excited to see how this feels for you when you bump your sodium by a couple thousand milligrams. And if you know, you'll notice, like I said, right away. So we'll put you in the forum and then, you know, let us know. Let us know what happened.
6: We'll do it. Thank you guys very much. You awesome. got it, Jase. All
1: right, man. What a great call, dude! Yeah, you yeah, know what a great what a, like so, so, and you're so right. All those yeah, symptoms like, yeah, is like weird, those dehydration. That like, <laughs> makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know I what he said, headaches from dehydration. 99 percent whole food guy. Yeah. Like yeah. That, that's when you know for sure. Like if he was like, oh yeah, I'm kind of I eat pretty healthy, but I eat out a lot. Like okay, so you're probably okay. Yeah, sodium. he looked
3: fit and everything, and what he's talking about his workouts was pretty you know spot on. So I, yeah, I, I imagine
0: that was it. Sodium's it essential. Like it. if it's too low for what you're doing, you're gonna feel like dog shit. Yeah, well, that's a fact. Th-
1: this so. is the part that yeah, I, I actually love that conversations fluid. like this because it uh, highlights like, and it, it reminds me of my experience too of like supplementing with magnesium. It's like these things that have been around forever. Yeah, you no, take it for granted. Yeah, you take it for granted that it's like no big deal, and then it ends up being like this life changing yeah. supplement you take for you. It's so cheap. It's so basic. And we, we get so hung up on the performance ones, right? Like the latest and greatest of this. Know, uh, like, <laughs> and it's like, bro, if your sodium's low or your magnesium's low. Well, only low makes or your sense magnesium... if you're super dialed,
3: though. you know. Right. And I think that's why we avoid that. Like, I don't know, recommending it all the time. Because it's like, you got to be like, everything's got to be in place, the whole foods. And also, you got to be working out and like consistently and being, you know, the intensity has to be at a certain level. But when it's there,
0: man, it is life changing. For me, sodium is a, is a, such a performance. Because I don't eat a lot of carbs well, yeah, anyway. You eat
1: so lean, dude. I don't healthy. eat a
0: lot of carbs because it just doesn't work with my gut health. So for me, a high carb day is like 150, mm. 200 grams, which is not a lot. I work out most days. So I drink, I, I do yeah. at least two to three, sometimes four LMNT packets wow, a day. you go
1: four sometimes. But
0: hey, but you know what? I feel, and, and look, I, I get blood, t- my my blood pressures, everything's always healthy and amazing. I feel so much better when I do two to three packets a day versus yeah. when I don't. It's a, yeah. it's a huge difference. Same. Our next caller is Val from Hawaii. Val, how can we help you?
7: Hey guys, it's so good to see you and Hi, talk to you. How you doing? Um, I'm good. This morning felt like Christmas morning, like a little kid super excited to get up. So all uh, right. Oh wonderful. Yeah.
3: Sal Santa Claus sometimes. So
0: <laughs> yeah. that, that, is nick, that is a nickname. Yeah, a Claus. That yeah. is a nickname. Sal's a clause. That is a nickname. We don't we don't want to ask why. Let's hear, yeah, let's, yeah. let's hear it, Val. What you got for us? <laughs> yeah.
7: Okay, let's see. I'm gonna stick to the script like Doug said. So my first question is, um, I've actually become alcohol-free. Today is four months exactly. And I felt that once I did this, the weight would like easily and naturally drop off, but it hasn't, mainly in my midsection. And I've noticed my arms are like waving a lot more, and my thighs are widening. So I guess I'm trying to figure out how to adjust my overall routine. Now that I'm 41, um, I know I need to make some changes. I just, I don't know what I'm missing. I don't, I can't pinpoint what I need to change, but I feel like I'm really tuned in to myself. So I just thought it'd be really cool to get you guys' perspective on that. Val, I have some
1: some
0: questions. Real quick, what is your skincare protocol? You look amazing. You said you were 41?
7: Yeah, I'm 41. Um, Actually... I am a licensed esthetician.
0: Okay. Uh, that makes days. sense. Uh, you, have, uh, you, you, yeah, you, look, you look like you're 10, 12 years <laughs> yeah. younger.
2: All right. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. You're doing thank a good you. job there. Uh, doing a good job there. Thank you. <laughs> well, my
7: protocol is less is more. That's why I teach all my clients. So I do like a freshwater rinse in the morning and then moisturize. And then at night, I usually do a, a good cleanse or a scrub and moisturize. So just moisturize is really like, where it's at, and hey, you guys are doing
0: that. We so. did. We yeah. figured that out late in life, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. like
1: Doug, a year ago. Not, I'm I'm not quite there yet, yet but Doug I'll, was I'll hiding catch that up. from us for a while. He was on it. he was on it earlier. We yeah. f- we figured it out just now. So
0: you know, so Val, d- to give a little background, because you gave us uh, a little bit more background in your question. You said you were 41. You've been an athlete since you were four. You started training around 13, 14. So you have experience. You were in the Navy uh, for a while. Um, and you were, uh, uh the diver. seventh female diver in the U S Navy. Wow. You're a badass. Okay. Wow, so that's cool. So you have, you have a long history of fitness and exercise and all that stuff. So that's important to know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So would you, would you mind if I get a little deeper into why you stopped drinking alcohol?
7: No, not at all. I actually really enjoy talking about it. Um, I, over the years, used it as fun and a social, you know, a social thing. And then it just kind of gradually developed into something different. And my last two years of my drinking career, I noticed a lot of changes. Like my thoughts were getting a little bit darker, the weight gain, the sleep. It just developed into this really bad relationship. And I just always was super curious and last year i was just like i'm doing this i'm going to i'm going to do it i'm going to commit to it and at least take a year and and face this was the biggest thing for me i knew i had to face a bunch of trauma and i knew i couldn't do that with alcohol in my life mm. so i was like let me get rid of this let me face my shit and start to heal myself. And so that's what I've been doing over the last four months with morning routine, prayer mm-hmm. reading. I've just, you know, I've dove into it with therapy and all kinds of things. And I feel like a new person. Good for you.
0: Val, you, you, that's okay. awesome. Okay. Yeah. You, you, I, uh, I'm so glad you have the courage to go into that. So you got to have a little bit of patience. Cause here's what typically happens when somebody gets rid of a, a coping mechanism for trauma or challenge, and oftentimes, it's, some, it's something that someone's using to self-medicate, either to distract themselves uh, or to make themselves feel better. And alcohol in the short term is a very effective way to distract yourself, uh, make you feel better, whatever. What happens when you take one thing away is that what we tend to do is replace it with something else. And in this case, you're probably replacing it with something that's a lot healthier than the alcohol was. Now, that may be food, and you may not be realizing that it's food. So what you may be doing is you may be eating more than you might have been eating before because now you've removed the alcohol. So although you've cut the calories from the alcohol, you've either replaced it or started or maybe even eating a little more from food because food also food is the most abused substance in modern societies, okay? And it's 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 abused because the the negative effects are not so not as pronounced as things like alcohol. It doesn't tend to destroy families and that kind of stuff. So I think it's a good trade. The reason why I said to you, be patient is because you're four months in and it's going to take a little bit of time for you to get to the point where you don't need to self-medicate with other things. Now, I will give you some other options that you may want to use when you feel the urge to eat more or maybe use food as, as as a substitute. I would ask you to use things like activity, and maybe meditation. Now mm. the problem with, with activity and meditation is. Does not taste good? We, yeah. And activity, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> activity can, activity can be distracting. So that can be distracting like food. Meditation is not distracting at all. It actually puts you in where you're at and you kind of have to look at things. So I would, I would, you said you're working with a therapist. I would add, I would tell the therapist this and say, look, I, I cut alcohol out I notice I'm gaining a little weight. I think I may be eating more as kind of a substitute and then work with them because that's going to help you solve the root. Because I could give you the typical advice we give on the podcast with macros, cutting calories and that kind of stuff. But then you're still going to be faced with, I got to deal with the stuff and I don't have I, a way to cope I with
1: it. I that. have something that I think may be useful for you, especially since you seem like a, a very self-aware person. Like, uh, I, have Have you experimented with fasting much?
7: Yes. It's funny you say that, Adam, because I have been on the intermittent fasting train before it was even a train. And, um, I used to do one 24 hour fast a week. And then I would try to roll that into like one forty-eight or 72 hour fast a month. And I definitely have gotten away from that over the last few years. So That's a good
1: point. Yeah, I I think I think you're a type of person that I think I could introduce. Though obviously, I wouldn't be introducing for the first time. You've you've obviously done this before, but. You know, especially since we are working on trauma things and stuff like that, also trying to pay attention to maybe I was had some habits of going to the refrigerator more times than I used to by just having a pure fast day like that. I just and, and using it as a day of like looking internally. We're not using it to cut calories. We're not trying to use it to like measure it, the success of it. by. But really, since we're talking about trauma, since we're talking about working on ourselves, you're already incorporating meditation, prayer and stuff like that you know, incorporating a fast, uh, I think will help you div and that paired with your counseling and everything that you got going on. I think would you would be somebody that I think could get some value. So from that. so
0: long as the after fast part doesn't look like a rebound. Okay. Right. Right. So that's cause that, that can happen. You'll, people will fast. Then the day after it's like you make up or the two days after, okay, you could try this Val try. And this takes a little work, but try journaling. And it could be, okay. it could literally be a sentence before you eat, write something in the journal about how you're feeling and about how you, you, you want to actively care for yourself. Okay. So right before you take a bite of anything, what literally can be one sentence or a paragraph, whatever you feel. And it's gotta be something along the lines of this is how I feel right now. So you got to kind of be in touch with how you feel. And, and I, I, I want to love myself through action you know, add that sentence. So that means that loving yourself, not the feeling, but rather the action. Then after you're done eating, do another entry into your journal and just do that each time. The reason why this works is not necessarily because you're journaling, but rather it's making you pause and making you aware of what's going on. This is harder than it sounds. This is a lot harder than it sounds because if you are indeed using at times food, uh, as a distraction, you're not going to want to pause and get out of that state of mind. It's like you don't want to stop. You want to just keep, going. just like out, like when you drank alcohol. Imagine if you had to journal before you had a drink. You'd be like, yeah. "Fuck it, I'm just going to drink." I don't the, want to- pa- the power of that. The power.
1: It. Yeah.
0: The power yeah. of
1: that. The power of that, though, with a self-aware. Person is incredible, though. Yeah, it's just the
0: doing it that's hard. That's right. Yeah. You,
1: if you go through, and I, I, would even like, you know, I'd have like a fast, and then the next day, this would be my okay. I'm focused on the journaling that day because it, you're. It's going to tell you a lot in that day about yourself. And yeah. being a self aware person like you are, you, mm-hmm. it, I think it'll it'll be very enlightening at the least for you as far as the behaviors around uh, your eating and stuff like that. Give I
2: think give
0: are, yourself a year. So you're four months in. Give yourself uh, the an additional, you know, eight months. It's a full year. Whenever I've ever worked with anybody who's dealt with, you know, quitting cigarettes or alcohol or any other kind of a challenge, it's taken us a year to come back full circle. And almost always they replace it with something else. Yeah. And and my strategy was always to replace it with something that was healthier. Now, anything could be abused, including exercise and meditation. Those things can be abused too, but it was a better alternative. So when I, I used to tell people like who quit cigarettes, I'd say, okay. Every time you want to smoke, go for a walk. And then what it would turn into is they were walking all the time and that's okay. But to go from there to, you know, even healthier was easier. So I would give them that substitute.
3: So those are all the lifestyle okay. hacks. What, so what have you done like workout wise in terms of, have you changed up the stimulus at all? And like kind of like sought after like an entirely different type of adaptation?
7: No, I I haven't. I, I've been kind of stuck over the last, few years just i go to the gym uh i always have a big focus on legs so i'm i was squatting two or three days a week the first thing i do as soon as i go to the gym is i do pull-ups um because that's if i don't you know do those i lose them but i have noticed that i have been stuck and so i did start maps 15 Mm -hmm. i'm on week three right now okay um and I really like that. I also have Max Anabolic that I originally bought in 2018 um, and didn't um, fully follow it. So I think program programming could definitely help. However, I get so. Frustrated, like trying to follow a program. It's really weird.
2: <laughs> um, you're an athlete. I yeah, 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 know.
7: I know it's yeah. good. I'm like, I know yeah. I need to do this, but I love to just like cruise the gym. Be like, all right, yeah. today I'm doing blah blah blah. I like to just like you know cruise in there and do stuff. But I know it's not beneficial. Uh,
1: along those lines, though, and I like where Justin's going with this, and and what you're sharing right now is y- you might it, it might do you well to actually and and I don't want to be the one to pick it for pick it for you I want you to yeah. you know come up with like a new something goal exciting yeah new like and, and like, give you yeah. an example like so when, when i go through times in my life like this where i'm trying to, to to re-spark like my drive in the gym or focus i'll do something really like it. it's like you know what i've never like made an attempt to get really mobile or really good at the turkish get up or something that is like out of the normal for you that you that, that's not like your normal routine or training and because you kind of have that athletic background yeah, what good advice you know yeah. get 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 into it get competitive with yourself about being good at the Turkish getup or the windmill or something that's different and unique that takes some practice and mental focus around it. And it also Ooh. feeds into a little bit about what Sal was saying is like it takes away this 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 the 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 reaction to the trauma and doing some other behaviors and it replaces it with this new kind of obsession of yeah. I'm going to be really good at the snatch. It's you know, a I've positive
3: never done draw. It. It's something that you're very motivated to get up and attack. Like it's it's a new stimulus that you're just like wow, yeah.
2: let's
3: see what I can do with this today. So, yeah, yeah you, I totally agree. You know,
0: when people are changing okay. behaviors, a uh, one strategy is to change uh, where they live. Or their office, or their furniture, Mm -hmm. because it's like it feels like you're new. So changing Mm -hmm. your goal uh, in the gym to something you normally don't do could actually do that. Well, now you're going to. So let me ask you this: Do you normally train with weights for strength, for stamina? Do you do short rest period, long rest periods? Like, what is your tendency when you work out in the gym? Uh, I think I
7: train for strength, uh, mostly maintenance. And then I started noticing after listening to you guys talk about rest periods. I think I used to take really short rest periods. And so I've actively been thinking about Adam, pulling me down by my shirt and saying, (laughs) sit down.
0: (laughs) Like, okay, I got to sit my ass down or wait a minute. What, Um, what would be more out, like out of the ordinary for you training for right now. Okay. Talking about right now, training for lots of, endurance and stamina or training for like maximal strength, like a power lifter, which one would be like more out of the ordinary for you? Uh,
7: endurance and stamina for sure.
0: I'm going to send you maps cardio.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm
0: going to send you maps cardio. This is going to be like a stamina endurance based training program. Plus it's, it involves, uh, you know, cardio workouts that you do on your own. So it's going to give you a lot of flexibility to go outside. You're in Hawaii, so you can probably go outside almost any day of the year. Um, and you can use any form of cardio on that particular day, whether it be swimming, which I'm sure you're excellent at running, biking, whatever, I'm going to send that to you. Take a look at it. If it looks like something that'll take you out of your comfort zone and you think you can mentally focus on, on, on trying to train this particular way, I think it would be a great way to kind of give you a different start.
1: I I think it's a great suggestion. The the last thing I'll add to that is that, and, and that's why I didn't want to pick something for you is because. Somewhere in there, there's something you've thought about doing before or you've never really put effort towards. Whatever that is, I, I would become focused on that. And and you could do that in conjunction with the MAPS cardio or by itself. I just think that you get a lot of value from – changing your fitness goal like you never have before and c- becoming a little obsessed about that like to where you're thinking yes. about uh, kind of throughout the day like oh man I can't wait to practice this or I'm going to try this yes. and add this
0: like so the cardio day will do that right yeah like, no
1: that's why I like the cardio recommendation it could be biking rowing we, gave up, we we built a lot of flexibility in that for you to kind of pick your own your own stuff so uh, and yeah. then let's let's put Val are you not in the forum are you in the forum yet or no
7: um, I don't have social media. So
0: oh, wow. Know. Good for you. Wow. I, I was just thinking I you. couldn't possibly like her anymore. And then you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, shit. I don't want to
1: make you get on there for us. So. Well, I know.
7: I knew you guys were going to ask this. and I was like, do I make a fake Facebook to be on the forum? And I was like, nah, I can't do it. You know what? You
1: know, it's funny you say that. I would venture to say that we have the largest, uh, forum of people that have actually done that meaning like we i think we have a lot of it's people so that, true. that yeah. are conscious they, they create that they, a Facebook we have several a... people that have had to create Those just so they could be the people. forum they don't use it for anything else yeah. but yeah. They, they want the access in there so that i i've never seen that anywhere else but i think yeah. we have enough people that are are actively trying to stay off of uh, social well media. look
0: we'll send you maps cardio and then if you change your mind we'll give you access to the forum because i would love to hear from you i want to hear i want some
1: follow up okay, okay? Yeah. yeah at least follow up with us at least email in a couple months and let us know how things are going
7: yeah, for sure. I could do that. Um, I kind of had a feeling you guys were going to shoot for cardio. And I honestly had <laughs> okay. a feeling that that's what I needed to do because oh. last January I did a bulk from January to April and I mean, I got real thick.
2: And so <laughs> I love it.
7: Every since that bulk, I've just been bulking around, you know? Okay. Um, right. So I know cardio is what uh, I it need. Sounds like shoot
1: you know it. Up. Up. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to hear. Thank you,
0: Val. <laughs>
7: thank you so i had do you guys want to hear my second question or are we out of time oh, oh no it's, i think go we're
0: good go ahead doug, doug says no but we say yes <laughs> okay well, let's we'll keep it short no. and sweet <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> okay so it kind of goes with the first question how can i totally reset gut and brain health after being a heavy drinker for 25 years so uh, i kind of have some ideas of where you'll go with this but i wanted to i guess hear it from you guys what you're Thoughts were on Well,
0: that. I don't know if you could reset, uh, but slowly. So anytime you change your diet radically, so you, you go from consuming alcohol to not consuming alcohol, your microbiome changes mm-hmm. and your brain starts to adapt and change along with it. So alcohol consumption can change the, um, the hippocampus of the brain. It can change different regions of the brain and the brain is plastic and it does take time to adapt. You're four months in, you've probably already mm-hmm. noticed some changes, but mm-hmm. give it a year, give mm-hmm. it a year, and then that's where you're going to see all that stuff. So now, if you have poor gut health and you're and you think there may be an issue, that's why yeah. I would recommend working with like a functional medicine practitioner. Um, our team, uh, we have we work with a team with Dr. Stephen Cabral. What's maybe we'll get the website? Is it? I think it's
4: StephenCabral.com. I'll double check.
0: Yeah, it Stephen spelled with a P-H. I, I
1: also like the advice. Given about the fasting for this reason, too, though. So every time mm. you come out of your fat, one of my favorite parts about doing those 24 hour yeah, fast is mm. I, I get I feel like I get closer and closer to really finding all the foods that really agree with me and disagree with me. And so mm. treat those fasts like that, like as you come back out of the fast, really be uh, hyper aware of mm. as you introduce certain foods like which ones are agreeing with you, which ones are not, and then try and formulate your. So those dungeon.
3: moments during the day where you feel a bit triggered, like I would normally go to like cope and I and grab a drink and maybe it's like the end of the day or maybe whatever it is, like how to build new associations to then, you know, start patterning. So that way now this is something else that you're kind of like creating as a new behavior.
0: Yeah. And then there's a there's another company we work with that has a probiotic. That's just phenomenal. It's not a cure all, but it makes a difference. It's uh seed. Seed.com forward slash mind pump. Um, so if you're not taking a probiotic, you can even you can even try that.
1: Also be aware, okay. we keep adding stuff to you right here.
2: <laughs>
0: of
1: your <laughs> like your military background and desire to want to do more and like and like you I think you're doing a phenomenal job. I think you're heading on the right path. You're already the fact that you're aware of what's going on. Uh don't throw too much at yourself at once. Okay. Yeah. So so you know, f- focus on one or two things, really drill it home, really assess it, get better at it, implement it, and then, you know, move to the next thing. You, you got a lot you're doing and you're moving in the right direction. I know the desire a lot of times, especially people that are very diligent, organized and all about it, like they want to <laughs> keep stacking on that. Um, yeah. uh, be patient, be patient. You're doing. You're doing great already.
7: Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much.
1: You got it, I man. really
7: appreciate your guys' time. I've been dying to be on here and talk to you guys. So awesome. uh, Thank you. if you ever really want to think about having a female guest every now and again, on your chip.
1: <laughs> All right. Val. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Val. Thanks, Thank you, Val. Stay appreciate in, t- stay in <laughs> Just touch. Invite please. us to Hawaii. That's yeah.
7: Actually, I got to tell you, I moved to, I moved to Colorado three weeks ago. So, uh, I'm sitting here in six inches of snow right now. But
1: <laughs> talk, about a a, talk about a shift. Um, well,
7: yeah.
1: That's not I have a either. condo
7: in Hawaii, so it'll always be home
1: though. Awesome. 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 Thank you. All right,
0: Val. Thank you. Take it easy.
7: Awesome. All right, guys. Take care.
0: Bye. Well, I know we're 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 short on time here, but I just want to say I love that lady. She was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah great, yeah. great stuff. Great, Good great people. Great questions. Yeah. And but that's common. You cut one thing out. And you'll naturally replace it with something else if it's a coping mechanism. So yeah,
1: yeah. and also like her, she's got a lot. She's doing, she's doing well, and to not overwhelm yourself, totally. facing
3: it, and you know more power to her. Just you know, keep keep it up.
4: Our next caller is Donald from Idaho.
8: Donald, what's happening? Nothing much, guys. Nothing much. What this part of exciting. Idaho? What
1: part of Idaho are you at?
8: Uh, right now I'm in Caldwell. I mean, it's like 30 minutes away from Boise. Thank you. That, Potatoes uh, That yeah. helps.
0: Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah lots of potatoes uh, oh yeah. all right go ahead and ask your question my friend
8: okay so uh i'm gonna give a little background i'm gonna kind of read my email so <clears throat> um so to start it off i'm a new trainer i've been training for almost two years at this point and one of the most common things that i see is the upper back rounding when doing hip hinge motions and so uh, I do a lot of powerlifting, and so I find that's pretty prevalent. However, as I do this for myself, I know how to take care of it. But when I have a client who I guess is new and doesn't really know their own body all that well, I find it hard to how like to help them connect. Uh, and so I guess in essence, the question stems from I was having a client do a light kettlebell RDL and then as they were performing it, their upper back was rounding like excessively. And so I took the weight away. We tried a different, uh, couple of different options. I tried to do the PVC pipe three-point connections, uh, no success, and ended up taking an entire session trying to focus solely on just the upper back rounding. And so my, my main question here is I felt like I did a disservice taking so much time spending on one thing, and I was wondering if there was a more efficient way to do
0: that. Okay. So you didn't do a disservice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good good question. Though. That's a very important part of yeah. being able to do certain exercise, important exercises correctly. And with new client, this is the, this was one of the biggest differences between me when I was a shitty trainer and me, when I was a good trainer, shitty trainer, Sal moved to the next exercise, do something else, keep them moving. Good trainer. Me noticed something like that. And I would spend the whole session. Yeah working on that particular issue and eventually getting them to be able to do some of these very effective movements. You paint
3: and a completely new vision for what they need and like yep. what that protocol is going to look like and you're going to build them up and, and, and get their body and their posture in a position where now we can load and it's going to look so much better in the future if we go in this direction.
1: How you communicate this though is the part that yeah. Sal is leaving out that made him such a... Like his ability to sell the importance of that is as important as your knowledge on what
0: to do. Yeah, because otherwise they're like, what are we doing this whole
1: time? So I actually just had this conversation. It was more around, which is the same thing, uh, corrective exercises that their client need to do. And this trainer came to me and she's just like, you know, I just, I feel bad. They're paying me 150 an hour and I'm I'm doing all these tedious on the floor corrective exercise stuff, right? I said, so the way I communicate later on uh, like this to a client is I would take them through I would explain the importance of us doing this and saying, "Listen, I don't, I don't want you to waste 150 bucks an hour on me holding your hand through this process every single workout. But I can't stress to you enough how important it is you do this every day. If you, if I know you want to lose X amount or you want to look a certain way, and we're going to do that together, but I can't stress to you how important it is that you do this. Now, my goal for you." Is for me to teach it to you, and you do it two, three times a day, practicing it, trying to work on the, the, these corrective movements to get us in better posture, better alignment. But if you don't, it's so important to me that I will do it with you. And so my goal is for you to to do it on your own. But I know that some clients, and then some, and when you present it that way, you'll get one of two things. Normally, they'll be like, "Okay, I get it. Like, I need to do this on on my own." Or some, I've had this too, which is okay. Clients go, "Adam, if you if you don't take me through it, I won't do it." So if you say it's that important then we but you got to sell how important it is first so you don't feel like I'm giving them a disservice, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, there's a there's a myth around exercise where whereas people believe that if they're not sweating and burning and muscles are, aren't hurting that they're wasting the workout. So I'm going to use an analogy right now that I think paints this pretty well. So you have cardio boxing classes and then you have actual boxing classes. One of them you learn how to box. The other one, you're just moving through the air and you're simulating boxing to try to get a workout. Okay, when you go learn how to box, a good boxing coach is gonna have you practice the jab, the straight, a cross, like a million and one times before you go and actually work out, before you go and you actually spar. Who's more fit, a boxer or a cardio boxer? Who's more fit? The boxer is, why? They got the skill and they're doing it properly. Now in the beginning, they had to learn the skill. Exercise is a skill. All these exercises you teach your client are all skills. They're not just moving. If it wasn't a skill, they wouldn't need you, Donald. They, w- they could go in, you could, and this is what I would tell my clients, look, these are skills. I'm gonna teach you how to master these skills because then we can reap the benefits of them. Otherwise, you're just moving, in which case you don't need me. You could just come in here and pick 10 different random movements. You could wave your arms in the air and sweat, and that'll be your workout. And this is why that's not effective. And here's why mastering these skills is so effective. So the beginning of our training together, a lot of it is gonna be teaching you how to utilize these skills, how to master these skills, so that then we can reap the maximum benefits of them. So now along those lines, there's two things I like to do to help teach someone to keep their upper back from rounding when doing a hip hinging movement. One of them is a waiter's bow with the hands behind the head. So hands behind the head, shoulders squeeze back, it's almost like a good morning, except there's no weight. Mm-hmm. And the entire time they're going forward, they have to keep their shoulders back and their hands behind their head, and they can't let their elbows come forward. So that's an easy cue. The second thing would be an actual PVC pipe behind the back, like a good morning, still maintaining the same position. But the waiter's bow is, is superior, in my, in, in my opinion, at teaching proper positioning when you do a hip hinge in terms for you know the upper back. So that's what I would do yeah. with someone, because then they could feel it as they bend over, they could feel their elbows coming forward, they could feel their head going down. So they have to keep this up while they bend right. over. And it, it gives them that feedback that they t- they typically need.
3: So you can work on that, you can work on the mobility and the priming and spend some good time with that and then reinforce that with the strength training, right? So take your time by doing seated rows with really good posture, making sure that they're bracing and they're keeping their shoulders back and and down and, and locked in good position. Um, and so, like you can still do the the weight training side of it. You're just really reinforcing their their posture and and their core control and and, and ability to maintain that position.
1: Now, not to overcomplicate this tip, but there 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 is a bit of a nuance here in in upper uh, rounding of the back, right? So, I think Steffi Cohen actually just did a post a couple of days ago, and I got tagged. A bunch of people tagged me because they wanted me to de- debunk what she said. Obviously, I didn't respond because there was nothing to be She was correct, um, and that—that's because there is nuance around this. If you look at the way I deadlift versus Sal, it looks very different. In fact, Sal has a bit of a, a, a rounding of his upper back. It's his—that's his, but he—he he still has very stable control mm-hmm. of his upper back, and it's supported. So there, there is this uh, bit of a, a, a misunderstanding around. Proper deadlifting form that you have to have this, you know, rigid kind of like right. neutral spine where your your peel your shoulder blades are it's peeled really just back. when it's
3: excessive. That's
1: what that's right. right. Or there's movement in yeah. it, right? So or if I saw a client moving the upper back while we're deadlifting but some people are in kind of a rounded uh, you know Jordan Shallow deadlifts like this too you see him actually yeah. intentionally round his scapula right before he goes into it and he kind of stands in this rounded position as he comes up uh, and again Sal deadlifts this way too and it's not cuz he has bad form he's got incredible form but it's some people have that that posture when they when they actually deadlift and it is safe and okay so learning to be able to decipher with this is a person who has no control of their upper back. I see movement in it. It can be dangerous versus their posture is a little bit rounded like this, and that's very natural yeah. normal for them. So
0: here's a good here's, – here's what I would do in a session like this. So let's say I was training a client and this was an issue. I would spend 20 to 30 minutes focusing on maintaining upper back stability while hip hinging, and then I would go and do single leg uh, toe touches. That's our hip hinging exercise because it doesn't require – uh, that rigidity in the upper back or, or the control. So that now we're doing the hip hinging exercise, but this is after we worked on the upper back. So, and I would focus on single leg toe touch, toe touch type exercises until I felt like I had that upper back issue under control.
8: Okay. That's uh that's quite the game plan. So thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) You got it, man. Now you're a trainer.
0: So I'm assuming you have maps prime and prime pro.
8: Uh, I do actually. I got Ah, it before Andrew or Adam started bullying everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Such a bully. Yeah. I would give it to you if you didn't have it. I I just want to
1: point out sales are up by 3% since I started bullying. (laughs) We want
0: to get them up to 10. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Uh, all right, right, man. Well, thanks for calling in.
8: Thank you. I also could just got to say, uh, thank you for like what you guys are doing. Seriously. You guys have helped, uh, Cultivate me into being a better trainer. Uh, you guys actually ha- helped me uh, pursue my passion of being a trainer. So if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. Uh, and then just helping cultivate me to be like just a better man. So oh, thank wow.
1: you are you in the, Donald, great. are you in the forum awesome, yet? Dude. Are you in the forum? Uh, I'm not. All right. I'll have a, I'm going to have Doug give you access to the forum so you can say what's up to us, especially since you're a trainer. Keep it. There's a lot of trainers in that forum. So you guys can all, a lot of them network together and help each other. So it's a good place to be.
8: Oh, yeah, badass. Thank you guys. All
1: right, got, got it, him.
0: All right, take it easy. You know what's funny about that is that we n- almost never glorify being a trainer. We talk about how hard it is, it's hard <laughs> to make money. Yeah. Really, you know, it's got to have a lot of passion, otherwise, it sucks. And yet, so many people become trainers and so they hear us talking about it. So that's passionate people out there. That's though. what it is. You dude. know, yeah, it's, 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 I think it resonates
1: with people who have a passion for it. I love so it. Like, you know, you what? know I want to do did that. Did you guys see the post that Steffi Cohen that I was referring to? No, but I I've didn't. heard that before. But yeah. That's so the the yeah, truth, yeah. So I got I got tagged on it. I should have brought it up on the show the other the other day when it happened because it, so many people tagged me and wanted me to like shit on the post, and I'm like, you guys have to listen to what she's talking about, like. There, there is. I mean, you have a rounded back. I know your your upper back is definitely rounded when you some of the best
0: that. deadlifters in the world yeah. will tend to pull yeah. that way. And I think it's a leverage thing. Yeah. But you, there's a difference between form that you're aiming for with a client, mm-hmm. and then form that top level competitors and athletes oh, tend to use for you. sure. Yeah. High I, performance, yes.
1: right? I, I think the main thing if you're a coach and you're trying to yeah. distinguish the difference of the two, you know, it's the it's the control. Like yeah. you have absolute control of that upper back completely, and there's no waiver or movement right. throughout the movement, yes. right? So as you deadlift, you stay in that very fixed position all yeah, the way yeah. up. So the thing that I would be coaching to is like be aware of – it's they could have good connection and have good stability in that mm-hmm. place. They're just that's their kind of their posture, right? Yeah.
3: Well, I would say too. Is it creating dysfunction in other movements? Is it is right. it a pain? Is it a pro, you yes. know, problematic in that yes. sense? So that that's what I would assess. Totally.
0: Look, if you like mind pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out some of our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. Justin is on Instagram at mindpumpjustin. Adam is on Instagram at Mind Pump Adam, and you can find me on Twitter at MindPumpSouth.
4: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at MindPumpMedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic.